At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Yes, living the dream once again on a fabulous Sunday. Hartman and Orenberger with you, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, Rich, here we are on this Sunday after the Super Bowl. I don't know about you, but does it seem like the Super Bowl was like a month ago? Yeah, there was a there that was a busy week. This is what happens when you become so emotionally invested in certain things. I think in two ways the Super Bowl served as a a bookend uh and a a sort of um I don't know, just a place marker in history because that really that really put a punctuation to the end of one of the worst weeks. Uh, if you are uh, a fan of sport, you know, the the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant alongside his daughter, many of their friends, uh, two other young girls, nine people in total lost their lives the Sunday two weeks ago. And then last Sunday was Super Bowl. And so it, it was an emotional roller coaster that week. And seeing the Lakers take the court again against the Blazers that Friday was an emotional night. That was tough to get through. And then the Super Bowl itself was 
a much better game than I anticipated. I thought that could end up being blowout central, and the game itself was a roller coaster ride. And so finally, it felt like this very emotionally turbulent week ended. And now we're we're left here a week later catching our breath. Well, exactly. And usually, so we will be perfectly honest, you know, February is sort of that month where we can take stock of things. We're not so caught up in the moment. I mean, yeah, I know yeah. we have the launch of the XFL. We're going to get into the validity of that league's uh, revival after 19 years. We've got plenty on that today. Obviously, we got a lot of college hoops going on. By the way, that North Carolina Duke game, did you see that? Holy what mackerel. an ending of both regulation <laughs> yeah. and Crazy. an overtime as uh, North Carolina has had a miserable season. They have a losing record this year, almost pulled off the upset. So obviously now teams are getting in position right now as we get ready down the stretch to get to March Madness. But it's always that month where you sort of can sort of take a breath and explore a number of stories. Now, Rich, yesterday, uh, John Brankus was with me. Now, we know him as the science guy, you yeah. know, for many years on ESPN. Uh, he had a very interesting perspective on things, and he's exactly who you think he is. You know, in other words, I talked to John before we got on the air, just sort of get a feel for him. He's a big sports fan. He's a big D.C. sports fan. Um, so anyway, but it was interesting, some of the perspectives on certain items that you and I have discussed many times that I'm going to throw at you a little bit later on in oh, the yeah. show. Yeah. But I, I want to take this moment because we haven't had a chance to do this show since the Super Bowl, and really the the aftermath of this Super Bowl focuses on two guys, and that is Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo. You, you, we talked about both these quarterbacks going into the game, and it was interesting because we thought, it, based on the hype and everything, they were making it out to be one of the great quarterback mismatches of all time. And yet through three quarters plus, it didn't look like anything like that. Garoppolo was efficient. He wasn't spectacular, but he wasn't making any mistakes. Meanwhile, Mahomes was making mistakes. He had thrown a couple interceptions. The 49ers seemingly were in control. They were up 20 to 10. They were doing everything they needed to do. And then all of a sudden, Mahomes faces a third and 15. If they don't get a first down here, there's a little over seven minutes to go, eight minutes to go, whatever it was in the game, and they give the ball back to the 49ers, it would appear that was going to be it. And on that third and 15 play, the 44-yard completion to wide open Tyreek Hill, how he got open. And from that point on, it was all Chiefs, and it was all the 49ers in reverse. So, after the game, Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes first. Sure. Because, obviously, he is getting all the accolades, and we predicted this. If he had a big game, if he and he delivered once again in the clutch. And there's two things about Mahomes. One, we can recognize the physical gifts. That's very apparent. His ability to throw the ball from any angle, velocity, and everything else. But the ability to play your best when the game is on the line. That is the X factor that separates the talented quarterback from a legend. Is it valid? Is it too soon to anoint him no. as that level of quarterback? It's not too soon because he has it. And what it is is undefinable to a certain extent, but we can all see it. And the, the thing about having it, it's really... it's really close. Garoppolo is a great quarterback. And I truly feel that way. I think, I think he's extremely talented. I think he has the arm strength to make every throw in the professional book. I think that he has the leadership qualities you need to go on and win championships. I I don't put that beyond his scope of abilities. Um, 
But Patrick Mahomes has uh, just one more gear. And, and there are a lot of quarterbacks like that historically. But in one era and in one time, you don't have that many. It's, it's but a handful. And so Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes – I lump him into that Russell Wilson. I lump him into this category of quarterbacks who have it. What's the distance between, say, those five I just mentioned and then the next tier down? It's not that far because we are talking about the elite of elite players on the planet at that position, one of the most difficult to play in all of sport. But is it too early to anoint Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely not. What he's shown us through a very short sample size is that he has it, and and it's it's inascertainable by some. Others are very close. They're excellent, but they haven't had the the intersection of excellence and opportunity to let them show it. But without question, Patrick Mahomes has it. Now, yesterday with John Brankus, he's done a lot of studies about adrenaline. You know, this is the science of sports, and so many times – a lot of these sports psychologists try to settle guys down. We always talk about golf as a prime example. Oh, my goodness. You're, you're yeah. facing that eight-foot putt that you have to make. And it's the, between your and, ears. And you're sitting there yep. knowing that you would never be able to even draw the putter back. I mean, the idea that you can make that putt, and they work with these sports psychologists to calm themselves down. But, you know, you you were in the huddle with Tom Brady. I mean, you were in the huddle with Phillip Rivers. You've been in the huddle with elite quarterbacks. You've also been in the huddle with quarterbacks that are not elite. And one of the things he talked about with a guy like Patrick Mahomes is, is that obviously he's able to control his emotions so that he can perform at the highest level when the pressure is on, dealing with that pressure. But there's a residual effect. In other words, you're in that huddle with a guy who seems to have reduced the stress factor that we're all well aware of and function at a high level in the highest stress situation and whether or not that has a trickle-down effect for everybody. It does. And so you've been there. Oh, yeah. So how, what is the difference between being in a huddle with a Tom Brady as opposed to someone that maybe doesn't have that kind of cool? It's, uh, it's night and day. When, so there are two things about this. Um, you, you hear this in the military. So you can have some really, really advanced Army personnel uh, sit down with a Green Beret and have their minds completely blown. Uh, you know, some of these special operatives, these guys who just, they're in a class unto themselves because they've seen action uh, at the highest levels. They they understand combat at, at, a, a, at a pace and a scale that is so different from the rest of even the, the, the higher, uh, some of the higher level military serve. The, the the same thing in the navy you know you could be you could be uh, a navy seal right you could be out of buds and be working one of the teams but then when you speak with a uh, a, a team 6 guy you, you know the elite of the elite there's there's a difference there and it's because of their exposure to those moments and their ability to adapt and overcome and so when i walked into the huddle for the first time with tom brady he had already won three super bowls he had already been playing football for a decade at the professional level when i was in middle school i was watching the beginning of his professional career so when i graduated college and i was playing next to him he had experienced a lifetime of football at the professional level 
it does something to you when you have such a calm, cool, operative handling everything, not just for you, but just also helping you through the experience. You know, there, there's something to be said about needing experience to be great. There are some who can sort of almost hotwire the system, who can, who can, they don't need as much experience to be great or to, to possess that calm and that cool. And Patrick Mahomes, from all standpoints, looks like one of those people where show me once, I won't re- repeat that mistake. Show me once, I'll have it down because I'm that naturally gifted and I have one of these, you know, 1% of 1% brains that can handle these intense situations, scrutinizing every detail and make the correct decisions. And and that is such a rare gift. And the ability to overcome your own shortcomings, as he did in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, he made a couple of bad throws. They resulted in turnovers and in critical parts of the game. And yet, he never, for a second, lost the belief that we are going to win this game. No. And he conveyed that to his teammates, and eventually they did. And, right. he, and he did that, by the way, in the game against the Texans in the divisional round. Yeah. And he did it in the game against the Titans in the championship round, where they got way behind the eight ball early, and it seemed like all hope was lost for many Kansas City Chiefs fans. There was a guy who left the stadium during a playoff game, said, nope, not going to be a part of this one, won't have my heart broken again. But Patrick Mahomes believed, and the rest of that ro- roster, whether they'll admit it or not, even if some of them were non-believers, they were stoked by the fire that burned inside that player. And obviously it's going to serve them well moving forward so when they get their Super Bowl rings, they'll all be reminded that we had a quarterback that did it. He actually did it uh, when it seemed like a lot of people doubted we could get it done. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studio. So that's sort of the story in the aftermath of Super Bowl 54 with the winning quarterback. What about the losing quarterback? It's been a completely different story. The future Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers coming up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin, Rich Ornberger on this Sunday. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and auto insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home is hard work. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see how much you could save. Geico.com, it is easy. Well, a week after the conclusion of the NFL season, we're picking up the pieces right now. We were talking about Patrick Mahomes, whose star power, which was already high, has gone into the stratosphere. He is officially the face of this league, no questions asked. Then there was the fallout for the losing quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Bonte Hill, buddy of ours, Rich, who hosts the 49er pre and post, we had him on the day after the Super Bowl, and pretty much he conveyed the idea that we need to get rid of this quarterback. Which seemed unbelievable when you think about the 49ers went from a 4-12 and season in which Garoppolo was hurt for all but the first three games to him returning and then going 13-3 and and then adding two more wins to get to the Super Bowl. So Jimmy Garoppolo, the argument going in is, okay, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He will never be Patrick Mahomes. He just doesn't have that kind of skill set. But he just finds ways to win. But... Getting back to Garoppolo's role in the Super Bowl and what effect he had on the outcome of that game, was it Jimmy Garoppolo or was it the guy in the sidelines calling the plays, Kyle Shanahan, that had a greater impact on the eventual outcome of that game? Well, it's so funny. You know how I was just talking about how you've had excellence on the side of Patrick Mahomes and then you've often had this intersection of opportunity for him. Uh, the same could be said about Jimmy Garoppolo, but but maybe there maybe there's something missing from the equation on that side. And I don't know if it's trust between he and Kyle Shanahan. I don't know if it's uh, maybe that clutch gene that seems omnipresent with uh, a player like Patrick Mahomes. But something isn't firing exactly, or at least in that moment, in the Super Bowl, in the moments, especially in the second half, specifically in the fourth quarter, things just weren't firing right. And I don't know if there was a miscommunication on who the open route might be on certain plays against certain coverages, where he didn't look George Kittle's way a couple of times, who was a devastating offensive option all year long for the 49ers or if it was just the pressure of the moment or the pressure he was under in those moments that um, that created what ended up being enough plays to amount in a loss on their side of the docket. I, I don't know exactly who's more to blame, 
but as more time passes, it'll be it'll become much more clear. If you looked at a pattern for the Chiefs games, it repeated itself in all three games. And that was the fact that once the Chiefs scored, the other team went into panic mode. Go back to the Texans game. They're up 24-0. Chiefs score. What happens? Fake punt from our own 30-yard line? The heck is that kind of call? That's a panic move. And then all of a sudden, same thing with the Titans. They were doing everything right. They suddenly abandoned the running game. Suddenly, after they suddenly felt the pressure of, oh, here he comes. And the same thing with this Super Bowl where Kyle Shanahan, we talk about posture and demeanor. Here's the visual I can't get out of my head in that fourth quarter. It's not Jimmy Garoppolo misfiring on passes. It's Kyle Shanahan with his head down buried in his uh, play calling sheet that he's not sort of rallying the troops saying, come on, let's go. You got Mahomes out there. Obviously, Andy Reid has all the trust in the world in his quarterback, and yet Shanahan is basically conveying the idea that I have no trust in my quarterback right now, which filters down to the rest of the team. They abandon their game plan. You know, the idea that they had a major advantage in the strength of their offensive line of running game against Kansas City's defensive front, that just went out the window. And suddenly you're like, all right, make it happen, Jimmy Garoppolo, and he wasn't up to the well, task. So- I'll give some I'll give some some blame where blame is deserved. I mean, they didn't completely abandon the run game and Jimmy missed some wide open throws. He did. You know, and, and so when you talk about special players and you talk about the moments that prove them to be special players, Patrick Mahomes had several moments where I wish he could have those moments back in the Super Bowl. Uh the the two interceptions you mentioned earlier. There's no question he made mistakes outside of that. But in in key critical moments, he was able to keep the play alive or he's able to find a wide open receiver. I mean, the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo missed a wide open Sanders on, on an over the shoulder pass. I mean, that was overthrown by seven yards. Uh, his his man was behind the defense. He put a little bit more air on that, at least give an opportunity for a 50-50 ball should he have to jump up and turn around to go after it. I, I mean, at that point in the game, it's a must. You know, th- some of these throws over the middle sailed on him, and some of them fell incomplete where they could have easily been picked off. Some of the easier targets Jimmy Garoppolo had – he missed. Some of the throws he completed, he really honestly missed. There was a slant route on an RPO to Debo Samuels. I remember specifically Debo caught it on the wrong shoulder in stride, made Jimmy G look great. There are a couple of those throws. George Kittle over the middle found a soft spot in the zone, had a dive on a low ball to make a grab, and he did. Now, though, there's no question that some of the Chiefs receivers made Patrick Mahomes look good on certain plays as well. But there were more of those moments for Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's the difference we're talking about. Your 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 co-host yesterday, uh, I, I don't know why I'm blanking on the name. John, yes. Thank you, John. Sports scientist. T- studies adrenaline. John Brinkus. Thank you. John Brinkus. I, and I love his work because he studies the effects of adrenaline on players. Yes, he does. There is something to be said. Look, I, it never fazed me. I could walk into a stadium with 110,000 people screaming all in unison while my side of the ball was on the field at the Horseshoe at Ohio State when we were on the road playing against the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs when I was with the Chargers. It just didn't bother me. But I can tell you right now, at the quarterback position, it's different. 
and you have to handle the crowd noise along with orchestrating a whole field of events in your purview, and some guys can do it at the highest level and some guys fold a little bit. I think when you have a general manager who played the game, as John Lynch did for 15 years at a very high level, he made it to one Super Bowl. Now, he played on a lot of good teams in Tampa. He played on some good teams in Denver. He got to one Super Bowl, and he won it. So sometimes when you have a general manager, the idea, let's be patient, let's let it develop, I think the perspective of someone that's been there, done that, realizing that that window of opportunity is a lot more narrow than you oh, might yeah. think. You, you may say, well, we got five years here. I can guarantee you the demeanor of John Lynch, and I've known John since he was in college. I, I can read John Lynch. And when Garoppolo misfired on a wide-open receiver that could have given them the lead late, and his reaction as compared to Kyle Shanahan's, that told me that he is asking himself. Now, I don't know what conclusion John Lynch is going to come to, but he's asking himself, do we have the right quarterback? Because I believe that we have assembled almost every player in that 53-man roster. I think 46 of the 53 were brought in by John Lynch. The wheels are turning right now. We want to win a championship. That is my ultimate goal. I want to win a championship. Is this the right guy? Because if there was ever a year for the 49ers to make a move at the quarterback position, it's this year because of the available talent that's out there. Whether you want to go with a veteran quarterback, whether you want to go for someone like a, a Jameis Winston or a Marcus Mariota coming out the rookie, or look into the draft about developing a quarterback, now is the time. So I think John Lynch's perspective as a former player who played a long time and only got to one Super Bowl on a lot of good teams knows, no, 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 our window of opportunity is very small. I know today we have the roster to get it done next year. I can't tell you beyond that, but but do we have the right quarterback? He, he also understands the importance of continuity in this game, and he also understands the importance of consistency, especially at two specific places on your football team, head coach and quarterback. You change your head coach, right? You know, say he was that upset about Kyle Shanahan, his uses of timeouts, uh, his play calling, whatever it may be, and he decided we need a fresh face uh, moving forward, somebody who can push us from B to C. I, you know, I, I heard Michael Harmon talking about this last hour on Fox Sports Radio. He was saying some coaches could get you from A to B, and certain coaches may be able to take you over that hump to win you the championship, win in the postseason. Is Kyle Shanahan that guy? Well, I think you have to give him more time to prove that he is. Andy Reid, up until just a week ago, people were saying, will it ever happen? This is a man who's in his 60s. This is a man who's won more games than anybody in the game of football except for one person as a head coach. Uh, this is somebody who's been to an AFC championship, or I should say a conference championship game six times. Yeah, it's it's difficult. This is really difficult. Just getting to that game is really, really difficult. Are you willing, whether it be at the head coach position or the quarterback position, another important position on a football team, to blow it all up, start from scratch with someone new on a lark? Consistency wins the day. And yeah, but if he comes back the next year and you get back to the big show and he fails again, 
Wasted opportunity? No, no, because again, you have to test that theory before it's proven wrong. You can't you can't just Well, how many tests do you give it? Well, I look, I I think at very least next season. Because we've seen quarterbacks over the years that never get over the hump. There are some quarterbacks who, you know, potentially after experiencing some loss on a grand stage, never really get the mojo back. Let's see how Jimmy Garoppolo handles this failure. If I know him and and I don't know him personally, but I know a lot of guys my former teammates with New England who played with him, uh, who vouched for his talents and his leadership abilities. I think this is only going to fuel his desire to push this team deeper, which essentially means make a couple more plays and win this team a Super Bowl. All right. I got a major twist on a story for you coming up. I have a major twist, Rich. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Let's find out what's trending right now as David Gascon. Back on the scene. Missed what? you yesterday, David. Yeah, I was a little a little busy. Okay. That's okay. okay. I mean, you know, you're a busy guy. Mer- you find this man. Everyone is seeking your talents. We get it. Yeah, I appreciate that. You got a bone to pick with Garoppolo today. What's up with that? Well, I, I look, at we <laughs> we had the guy that hosts the pre- and post-game show of the 49ers on the day after the game, yeah. and he pretty much conveyed... We need a quarterback. Well, let me ask you and this. That's the guy that does the 49er broadcast. Well, let me ask you a quick question. How many Super Bowls has Aaron Rodgers played in? He has played in one. He's one for one. How many has Drew Brees played in? Uh, he's only played in one. one. Yeah, one for one. So, yeah. I mean, are you trying to pull the plug that quickly on Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, apparently 49er fans are. I don't know why. Well, they, bit because that's what fans do. Look, yeah. they're very. Fanatical. This is a yeah. very emotional reaction. They, they felt like the game was in their hands, and their quarterback loss. sucked in the fourth quarter. But how much was that him, and how much was that uh, Kyle Shanahan choking with the play hey, calling? Don't forget, I mean, a couple years ago when they got beat by the Giants at home, Kyle Williams fumbled a kickoff and a punt return. Yes, I mean that could be a different dynamic with Alex Smith and company. Well, you see, but but these are the decisions John Lynch has got to make. He's got to decide. Is this guy capable of winning a Super Bowl? Well, I mean, come on. You look at the standard in that division, though. It's built on defense. Mm-hmm. Outside of Arizona, you got San Francisco, right. the Rams. The yeah. And he's so Seahawks. handsome. Well, and he's, he's a handsome guy. guy. I mean, Jerry Bradshaw was actually enamored with him. Well, Lynch, I mean, Lynch is aging well. as. I, yeah. but, but, I mean, come on. Garoppolo's, Garoppolo's oh. next level. The jawline and all. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> Guys, uh, college basketball today. Got a couple games going on. Number 19, Butler's on the road at Marquette. Marcus Howard will try a three. Good. Oh, man. Yeah, again, yeah, right, right in motion. He didn't have to dribble. Didn't have to do anything. His guy just put his hands down. Yeah, Marquette right now on FS1 leading. Number 19, Butler, 56-45. to is a score. Number 25, Houston and Wichita State will get things on. In about two hours from now. Those are the only two games in the top 25 of college basketball. NBA scenes a little light in the morning time. Afternoon will be busy, though. Joel Embiid is expected to play for the 76ers against the Chicago Bulls. How about this? General, uh, Warriors general manager Bob Myers left the door open for Klay Thompson potentially returning at some point this season, despite the fact that he's still recovering from a torn ACL. Games will get underway at 1230 Pacific, 330 Eastern, OKC, and the Boston Celtics. Red Sox, Dodgers, Twins have not made that Mookie Betts trade official just yet, but according to Ken Rosenthal and John Hammond of Major League Baseball Network, they will get this thing done. It's just a matter of when, not if. Twins were reportedly fearing of backing out of the deal just yesterday. So we'll see what comes down. But 
should be a done deal sometime here in the next what week week and a half we'll see. yeah well i i think the the deal will be done if minnesota is out of the mix on this deal Oof. if it's just the dodgers and red sox the deal will get done when the dodgers agree to pay even more of david price's salary so that's the whole point that the red or sox give up more prospects well, they're not going to do that. No I, I think it comes down to the look at the Red Sox ultimately just want to get rid of that David Price $96 million deal. That's the motivation. And the Dodgers originally agreed to pay half of it. But if suddenly the Twins are out of the mix, the Red Sox are going to say, all right, if it's just you and us, you're going to have to pay more of that contract. And the Dodgers are willing to do that, which I'm sure they are. Still need pitching. They still need pitching. And they got to hope that. I mean, if you think of the Dodgers right now, you got Bueller, obviously your ace right now. And then after that, if if my so we don't know about Kent to Maeda because he's supposed to go to the deal to Minnesota, but if he's gone with Ryu gone, suddenly you're looking at Kershaw and Price, both sort of on the edge right now. Yep, Arias. you brought back Alex Wood. Uh, the woods, who, it's, you know, the woods, good. you know, and then what? You got Urias, you got Dustin May. I mean. It's, that doesn't Dustin sound May, like, I mean, Dustin May impressed at times. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, I mean, does that sound like a 100-win starting rotation? I'm not quite sure. Uh, David, thank you very much. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I mentioned yesterday doing the show with uh, Mr. Sports Science, John Brinkus. I, I want to throw something at you, Rich. That he threw at me, and because uh, I haven't discussed this with you yet. So part of what he did was, you know, John would do these science shows, and you'd see all these famous athletes come on the show. Yep. And he says, not one of them got paid a dime. And the reason being is, even these elite, big-name guys, they wanted to come on the show because every athlete is looking for an edge. How can I get better? Let's test what I can do. And so my follow-up question to John was, how many times did an athlete say, I have been given or been prescribed a performance-enhancing drug, legal or illegal, and I want to know if it actually works? Sure. And he said, all the time. Sure. Not necessarily for air, but you know, behind the scenes. I'm going to use this. Let's see if this stuff actually works. So John's whole premise on this whole performance-enhancing drug thing is everybody's using performance-enhancing drugs to some degree. Whether they're legal or illegal, you are looking for any edge you can get as an athlete. I'll cut you off there. Everybody, not athletes, everybody is using performance-enhancing drugs. Every human being is. Every human. Yes. And I'll tell you, look, it, it seems so simple, but coffee in the morning has become such a part of the American routine and many other countries that we discount the fact that the only reason why you 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 suffer through the taste of coffee, it's very bitter, it's very disgusting when you first try it, if it didn't have some sort of benefit beyond its taste because there is no benefit to the taste, that's a hurdle you have to clear and then acquire a taste for it on the other side. I remember when I was a child, I was like, this is awful. Why would anybody drink this? But then when I became a teenager and I realized, oh, the effect it has on you, you can concentrate longer. It is easier to get yourself going in the morning. Uh, That is a performance enhancing drug. So 
it is very easy for the average Joe to understand the edge all athletes are looking for because we're all looking for an edge. Well, and that was his point. His point is, instead of penalizing athletes for their use of performance-enhancing drugs, let's flip the switch completely. Let's, instead of trying to rid ourselves of PEDs, develop PEDs that are okay for the body. In other words, we know that HGH can be a very positive thing for many people. No doubt. If it's administered in the proper way, it is very therapeutic to a lot of people. They're doing studies uh, with elderly now. They're finding increased bone density. I look at, and these are things because we obviously, my my role as a former athlete, as a broadcaster now, uh, I'll I'll take deep dives into some of these scholarly journals to see exactly how far the science is being pushed. And with certain samples and certain groups and certain demographics, obviously with human growth hormone, they're using it more in the senior group. They're finding really pe- uh, positive health benefits in low dosages. The one thing he made clear in his studies about PEDs, it wasn't about necessarily making you stronger or faster. It was about recovery. Mm-hmm. PEDs help you recover quicker. And he goes... And that's something we should want to develop for our athletes so they can extend their careers, so they can do a lot of things. And we know that athletes, you know, we we, we used to joke about Kobe would go to Germany right. and come back and somehow seemingly he's on his last legs and he's as fresh as ever. Obviously, something was going on there. The idea of extending these athletes' careers from a fan standpoint, sounds like a good thing to me. Obviously, it's a good thing for athletes. They want to extend their earning power as long as they possibly can. So I thought it was interesting when John was just saying, we're going about this whole PED thing completely wrong. He goes, his studies, when we talk about, let's say, hitting a baseball, right? do you actually hit a baseball further when you're on PEDs? And his many studies said, no, no, you do not. Um so the, the the idea of cheating, the same thing with about being tipped off on pitches. He said, this is the most ridiculous story I've ever heard. Right. The only thing you can be tipped off on, is it a fastball or it's not a fastball? In other words, is it a fastball or a breaking ball? So even if you know a 92-mile-an-hour slider is coming your way as opposed to a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, does that actually help you hit the ball? You still have to hit the ball because, as you mentioned, 3 out of 10 – is a very high percentage in baseball. You still have to hit the ball. And even even if you watch those videos where you can hear the clanging. Yeah, yeah. They didn't hit every pitch. Oh, no, no, it's true. <laughs> you know, it's so I mean, you funny. can hear the guy clang and then he fouls it You're off about or even swings and misses. Like hitting the, 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 garb- trash, can. the trash can. You know, all these, the all these YouTube videos. It wasn't like every time they hit the trash can or they didn't that the guy hit the next pitch. He I, didn't do I wanna, that. I want to stay with right. this a little bit longer yeah. because, you know, and I realize we're, we're going up against to. it. No, we're not. This, this, is, this is one of the most interesting conversations going in sports right now. And, and I feel like the 2020s there are going to be strides and developments and rule changes made to accommodate some of what you're saying we'll get into that all right we're in the geico fox sports radio studios i mean this really is a crossroads right now with all this idea of peds cheating and everything else we sometimes lose sight of the fact of what sports really is for the public and that is entertainment 
You know, this is a day in which the Academy Awards are going to be given out. We'll show you the connection between sports and Hollywood. Coming up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the wait is over the shy is back on paramount plus and the stakes have never been higher Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin and Rich Ornberger. All right, so we're getting on this discussion about the future of sports. Tonight, the Academy Awards will be presented, and this goes back almost to the beginning of, of movie making. When we sit and watch a movie, or if we're watching television, you see a lot of beautiful people out there, and our eyes are drawn to them. And, you know, sometimes we, we, we wonder why it is that you see a seemingly attractive woman and she may get a nose job. And it may seem very subtle, but you're like, why exactly is she messing with something? But understand this. When we look at, let's say, a human face, yeah. the most attractive people have the most symmetry. They've said this time and again. They've done studies of why we look at somebody's face and we find it attractive. And what they find out is the people that have the most attractive faces are the ones that are the most symmetrical. So that means that, you know, they're, both sides of their face are identical. Well, I know. So 
Yes, yes. What do you got here? Sorry, sorry to interrupt here. Um, Steve, I, I I think I read something about like Matt Ryan has the most symmetrical face in the NFL. Did anybody hear something about that? Well, well no, I, th- I, I would say the most I, handsome. Well, I, I think yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo has passed him now. Well, probably, but they said. But that, if you look at Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo's this was an face, old study. This was an old study, Sam. It's old it's, science. But it, it's not about. <laughs> it's not about. But that's what they find out. In other words, when they when they talk about uh, beauty in, in a face, let's say I, it's I about was, symmetry. And so, yeah. what happens is when you're watching the movies and and you're turning in different angles. You know how somebody people say this is my good side, not so good side. You've seen pictures of yourself. Sometimes you see, hey, I'm a pretty good looking guy. And then you see other pictures like mm, maybe not so much. Right. You know, we all we see pictures of ourselves like, man, that's a good picture of me. Well, also lighting, but, but you see, and angles. Well, it and is all and of exactly. That. So, in other words, the idea is is that Hollywood is constantly tinkering with ideas of making themselves more attractive, better, and everything else. And so this is. This gets back to the whole connection between sports and entertainment. From a fan standpoint, I just want the best product you can possibly put out there. Honestly, I don't care how you get there, you know, but I just want as a fan to see the best. And we keep raising the bar. I mean, that's the whole thing, Rich. What was acceptable 30 years ago is no longer acceptable. We're looking for a more attractive product. So if you're in the sports business, you have to cater to your audience. There's you have to give pressure. them a more attractive product. There's a huge pressure. And the NFL is doing this on a on a grand scale with rule changes that are favoring offensive gameplay. Uh, we've seen that with uh, the the reduction of, of uh, rules associated with the catch because that was a bad rule change because it made the game less exciting. So when more close calls are ruled catches, you have more offensive production, you have a better product. Uh, the rule changes they made on defenders, you can't hit a quarterback, you can't hit him low, you can't hit him too high, you have to hit him in a sweet spot, you have to make sure you don't put your weight on him when you go down to the ground, you have to fall equally, divide the weight so that you're not crushing his ribs or his shoulder or his collarbone on your way down so you don't lose the most important asset on a football field at any given moment, which is the quarterback. Same could be said about the pass interference rules. They changed those to make it a much more offensive-friendly game. And Hollywood does the same thing. And guess what? As much as a studio is going to sweeten the picture with uh, post-editing effects, and the NFL is going to sweeten its game with these rule changes, the actors and actresses and the players in sport themselves are going to make adjustments as well. Look, you, you see it all the time. The actor who plays the superhero gets popped because he has human growth hormone or steroids, right? The guy who's playing the boxer in the ring, same thing, because he wants to look jacked on film. And they're it's doing a, it. All these actors product. are using whatever they can the to get themselves list. jacked for these movies. The Botox. Yes. It's entertainment. And right. you're exactly right, Steve. The more compelling the actors and actresses, the more the more prominent and and talented the players, the more people are going to come to that entertainment avenue. So th- this is getting back to the old idea of instead of fighting this or policing it, develop safe products so that ultimately these athletes can get what they're striving for and getting back to the idea that the greatest benefit of PEDs is recovery. 
a recovery time to work out more, a recovery time to extend your career, a recovery time to maximize your performance every time you're on the court or on the field, wherever it might be. And the general public has missed out, Steve. Yes. Because if you think about it, how much have we learned about surgery because athletes constantly push the fold? I need to get on the field faster. So instead of putting my arm in a cast for two months, I'm going to have plates inserted alongside the bones and have it anchored and have the bones mend quicker. quicker. And yeah, maybe I'll have metal in my arm, a rod in my leg, but I'll be able to play the sport sooner. Well, they found out very quickly. Wow. These surgeries are really advantageous to help set bones correctly. So it's not just a waiting game. And after two months, maybe we have to re-break a bone to set it correctly. That was all sports science. So you're absolutely right, Steve. Let's let's push the envelope in the correct direction. And we're going to help everybody as a result of it. This is why some of our famous, most favorite actresses and actors now use the mechanism to stay young. So that the, the what's so appealing about them can last yep. a little bit longer for everybody out there. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's a crossroads for a, a very big game called basketball right now. And there is a new wave in the sport that may or may not be helping the sport. We're going to tell you why basketball is uh, embarked on a big change coming up next. Ah, yes, rolling along on this big Sunday. Once again, we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in your car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Uh, So we're counting down to the all-star break uh, in the NBA. By the way, when we talk about regular season not mattering, last night was a prime example of that. The Lakers, who have... uh, Struggled as of late. They've lost uh, five of the last ten going into last night's game against Golden State. Of course, Golden State bringing up the rear in the Western Conference. They came into the game last night with a record of 12-40. and 40. Uh, And the Lakers had a hard time shaking them at the end. The Lakers did win the game, but let's put it this way. They did just enough to win that game against the obviously outmanned Golden State team. And then how about the, uh, how about the Clippers yesterday? The Minnesota Timberwolves, who are the second-worst team in the Western Conference, came in on a 13-game losing streak. 13-game losing streak, right here. And they beat the Clippers last night. Look at at this right here. 13-game losing streak. They beat the Clippers 142-115. to The Timberwolves scored 81 points in the first half, and that's with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George right. both playing in the game. You talk about a mail-in job. Oh, yeah. Uh, Doc Rivers, after the game, offered no excuses other than the fact that we just didn't play. So we're in that time when, again, the, the regular season so insignificant in the NBA – ratings aren't good right now. And you could say there's a lot of theories of why NBA ratings are down. Well, let me offer you a theory right now, see if you're on board with this. So the other night we saw the Lakers play the Houston Rockets who had just traded Clint Capella, their big man, and went with a lineup in which nobody was over 6'6". This had not happened in the NBA since 1963 
The New York Knickerbockers, as they were more known in those days. Peach baskets. Yeah, this, almost <laughs> since the peach basket days. So what happened in that game? The Lakers, their two big men, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, pretty much rode pine. In other words, the Lakers, friggin', they're going to go small. We'll go smaller. Obviously, they'll step Anthony Davis on. But they were trying to match what they were doing, and it backfired. Houston just could not miss from three-point land. That's their new game. We got a bunch of – now, why, why do we have a big man – when we are just shooting threes anyway, let's just bring another perimeter guy in, and they won the game. So there's two questions here for you, Rich. Yeah. A, do you feel like that is a more appealing style of basketball? And then just generally, from a fan standpoint, is this the proper direction for the future of the NBA? Well, I don't think it's necessarily more appealing style of basketball. However, I would... I would also add I didn't find Hackashack an appealing style of basketball. So look, there's always ways to defeat the current system and there's always workarounds and it's up to these sports leagues to find ways to curtail uh the line being pushed too far. And so I agree with you. I or I should I don't know where you stand. We'll get to that in a moment. But if it's going to become a perimeter shooting game, I- I'm I'm not going to be interested. Uh, if you take away the inside game altogether, it's it's not going to be fun. Already, the mid-range jumper has all but been – it's an endangered species at this point. It's all but been eliminated from most teams and players' repertoire. Uh, you're either shooting from beyond the arc or you're you're shooting underneath the basket. Uh, you know, high-percentage shots or the, the lower-percentage shots that net you more points. Um, the NFL is going to have to adjust the rules to either make the mid-range jumper – more valuable somehow, either by reducing the the amount of points you get for a layup uh, or increasing the amount of points you get for a mid-range jumper and then increasing in turn well the amount of points you get for uh, what's now considered a three-point shot beyond the arc. But something's got to change uh, if this line gets pushed too far. Right now, we're just we're towing it. You know, there are certain teams who are all in on this small ball feel. But if it goes, if the door gets flung wide open, you'll see rule changes to help hem it back. Well, this comes back to the analytics, and the Rockets are on the forefront of the analytics, no doubt. And so their idea is is that based on three point shots, you can actually get more of them off. And if you hit very simple, two three point baskets are the equivalent of three two point baskets. It's the same. So even if you're shooting at a lower percentage of three-point shots, you are still able to generate more points by taking more three-point shots. I found it interesting, uh, again, John Brinkus talked about this yesterday, Rich, and it made a lot of sense. With so many guys on the perimeter right now, what happens when you miss a three-point shot, there's a longer rebound. Right. So instead of the old boxing out, you're more boxing in. So the idea is now you're getting longer rebounds. So the idea of boxing out because the ball is going to be bouncing, rebounding near the basket, it's the complete opposite now. So now what you do is you actually box in because the longer rebound is coming out off the missed shots in three-point land. So it has completely changed the dynamic of the game. The Rockets are the first team. You know, a year ago they had Harden just hang on the ball endlessly, and their idea was is that he is more productive that way. But now with getting rid of Capella, and they are all in. 
you wonder, I mean, this all started with the Splash Brothers. This all started with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, changing that whole dynamic. Now people are taking that and saying, all right, what's the next step? What's the next step? Well, because remember- and the Rockets have decided, you know what? There is no reason for a big man. We don't even yes. need that anymore. There's there's no more protecting the rim. When None of that means anything. Run. When Jordan went on a run, it could mean eight points in a timeout. Right. You remember that? Like yep. it, the 90s Bulls, man, oh, they got hot. They either closed the gap or, man, they just took the lead. Jordan just racked off nine points, right? He got to the, the foul line. Whatever it may be. Nowadays, if a team gets hot and goes on a run, it could be 15 points before you know it. Like all of a sudden, within a blink of an eye, a turnover, a foul, a foul beyond the arc like James Harden's so adept at getting, the game can be turned on its ear very, very quickly. And so there is no lead that's safe when you're playing against a team like the Rockets right now because there are so few teams that are so singularly focused and committed to this small ball product. Again. I think if this keeps tipping further and further in that that favor, you're going to see rule changes that are going to either highlight inside play more uh, or help inside play more, or it's going to be a runaway. There's going to be teams that say the Houston Rockets win back-to-back championships and they're using this. It's a copycat league just like all these other leagues. Yeah, and, and the eyeballs adjust. You know, like for those old enough to remember, let's say, Showtime Lakers in the 80s, Celtics, you know, inside, outside, up and down the court, a very appealing brand of basketball in my eye, a more physical game that we saw in the 90s. It almost digressed to the point of fisticuffs. That actually was pretty appealing to a lot of people right now. But what the Warriors did when they decided we're going to go all in with the idea that we have these elite shooters and that they can be the difference in the game, and now people are taking that. And, and again, the Rockets are the one team that are going all in on this. I mean, they are absolutely 100% sold on the analytics of the game in the best way to give themselves an opportunity to win. <clears throat> More so than you know, how the game play is progressing and more so than the types of players we're going to be seeing more often on the court, whether it be the big man who can shoot like an Anthony Davis or a Dirk Nowitzki uh, in the past, or, or you know, it's not going to be about, it's not going to be about the gameplay that's going to improve the regular season interest. It's going to be about improving the urgency of the regular season. Look, I refuse to be bored anymore. When I'm turning on television, I refuse to be bored. I used to have to be bored watching TV. Sometimes all that I would get growing up in New York was a lame game between the Nets, you know, and the Hornets. And I was just like, oh, all right. I'll watch it. Fine. And you could get into it for a couple of quarters, but eventually you're going to surf around the channels. And at that time, we may have only had 35 on the television, you know, a couple cable channels, all the networks obviously over there. But I'd be I'd be clicking around. They'd be like, if nothing's good on this lap, I'm going back after the commercial break to Hornets Nets. Oh, fine. Right. But we don't have to do that anymore. This is a different time. You better have an urgent product. You better have a product where every game matters. And football, you know, we're talking about all these sports leagues. Major League Baseball plays 162 games. It's a snooze of a regular season. 82 in terms of the NBA. Football has it dialed in so well, not only on the gameplay itself mattering so much to playoff potential, but also for fantasy fans. 
You have to watch to see if Gronk got got uh, you know thirty points, and you're going to take the lead in your game to push you into the playoffs. All of this stuff matters to you. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. So, as you mentioned accurately, you have to create an urgency with your product. Less is more. However, is more harmful. So, more input on the future of the NFL and whether a 17th game is detrimental to the players, a true benefit for the league, coming up next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the wait is over the shy is back on paramount plus and the stakes have never been higher Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin and Rich Ornberger on this Sunday. So if the uh, XFL was not the fix you needed as a football fan, and you're already thinking the XFL is just an added reminder that the NFL season's over, when does it start again? You need to listen up right now. If the NFL is your sole interest in sports, And there is a vast majority of people out there that believe that is it. This is why the NFL is so successful in keeping themselves in the news all year long. I mean, whether it's the buildup to the draft, the combines, whatever mechanism they need, the NFL will always be front and center. 
And this show is very NFL heavy, and we do that for a multitude of reasons, but more than not, it's because that's what people are interested in talking about. So let's get to the latest impasse in the NFL, Rich, and that is the new collective bargaining agreement. It is something that the owners want to get done now. And what makes this a little bit tricky is we're not exactly sure of the pie right now. Because what we're saying is the collective bargaining agreement expires before the current television contracts expire. So what the owners have basically conveyed to the Players Association is this. We are getting demands from the networks that we want more product. Why wouldn't they? The NFL basically is the lifeblood of the four major networks. Oh, it's yeah. the number one programming on CBS, NBC, ABC, slash ESPN, and Fox. It is their number one program on all four major networks. So obviously they want more. And if you want more money from us, you have to give us more product, which brings us to the 17-game schedule. So meetings have been going on, Rich. They had like an eight-hour meeting the other day, and some of the player leaders, Russell Okung, Richard Sherman, are making it clear to the owners, 17 games is not happening, well, at least under the conditions that are being presented to them. In other words, you want 17 games, you're going to have have to to give us a lot more than what you're offering right now. Look, this has been for the longest time one of the – the largest leverage plays the NFL has tried to use to get more from the players. Look, you can't show up to the bargaining table if you're the NFL ownership group and saying, yeah, no, we're pretty satisfied. Everything's going pretty swimmingly. How are you guys doing? And then, you know, when you're talking to your 32, 35 people in a room, ownerships, groups, uh, you know, you have your representatives uh, versus 2,000 people, you know, and I'm talking about the side of the players, the side of 2,000 people are going to have a lot more complaints and interests and and varied uh, topics that they want addressed when you collectively bargain than the 32 owners. They are making obscene amounts of money, hand over fist. They are printing money in the NFL. What they're trying to do is find ways that they can make more. Now, they can make more two ways. One, obviously, when you create higher demand and have more product – For the demand, you'll make more money. That's business 101. The other way is you can can cut more of the profit pie in your favor. So how could they do either of these things? You need leverage. And the leverage that they've been coming to the bargaining table with for the past, I don't know how many times these union agreements have been struck, has been expanding the season. Because again, There is a humongous and ever-growing demand for the NFL. So if you say, we want more games, and the player side say, well, we don't, and you're hitting an impasse, either the players have to give up some ground as far as a higher amount of profit to the owners to avoid getting locked out, or the owners are going to get what they want. Now, there's this, there's another side of this puzzle, the players and what their requests are. So this is just an amorphic right. th- agreement going on. I, 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 But if I were to distill it and boil it down, here's my thought process. When this new, however long this past agreement was 10 years, whenever it gets hammered out, we're going to have the same number of games. All right, well... 
I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. Well, then, okay. Okay. So if the owners come back to the networks and saying, we tried, we can't get the 17th game, uh, then the networks are going to say, fine, then we're not going to give you the extra money. (laughs) Now you laugh right now, but... When we talk about, when we talk about, when we talk about leverage, everyone is looking for leverage. The owners are looking for leverage. The networks are looking for leverage. Steve, and the Steve. players are looking for you leverage. You just said it yourself. And everybody knows this because of Nielsen and other rating services. Yes. Yes, I did. You have NBC. You have CBS. You have Fox. You have ESPN. You have all of these entities who know what they have with the NFL. The NFL is the highest ranking and rating uh, uh, piece to their portfolio. If the NFL asks for an uh, again another obscene uh, uh, bump in in fee from from these networks, if this one won't pay, the next one will. And they play, but they're all in already. They Who's play the next off one? Each other. Who's the next one? USA Today Network. Who else has Streaming the money necessary? Amazon, How many? Uh, Netflix, Twitter, whoa, 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 Facebook. Hold on. All right, I so mean, you're there saying are millions that, of so options you're saying, now. Let's well, say, I let's say, say millions. Let's but say there are a lot more options now. All right, so let's say Netflix picks up the NFL. Sure, we we'll rid ourselves of the networks and everything is on Netflix. Sure. Well, yeah, wouldn't happen quite that way. Well, I'm just saying. But I mean, say Thursday night football. Well, Netflix is already look what they've done with the movies. Sure. I mean, you know, they gave Scorsese a blank check. Make your three-and-a-half-hour movie. Again, live sports, the NFL specifically, is one of the final lifelines networks have. Well, not, they're, not they're all. Not, going, not, not all, all of them. But Because ratings are down sacrifice. in all these other sports. They're not going to sacrifice live sports, right. especially the highest Okay, let's get back to the 16-game schedule. All right, let's get back to the 16-game schedule versus the 17-game sure. schedule. Something else I brought up with John Brinkus yesterday, yeah. the science of the sports. So I asked him... Do you have any scientific evidence that a 17-game season is any more harmful than a 16-game season? He says, "We'll stop right there. Let's 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 get back to this. If safety is your number one component here in discussing added games, he said, let's make one thing infinitely clear: the so-called advancement in equipment has made the game more dangerous than safer." Because when you added protection on your body, whether it's your helmet, pads, or whatever else, there's a higher sense of invincibility that somehow I am safer because of the improvement in the equipment when in reality, it's just the opposite. The game has never been more dangerous than it is right now. Bigger, stronger, faster, better equipment, everything at a higher speed, higher collisions. He goes, it is more dangerous to play the game of football now than it was years ago. I agree. So... If, if you take that into the equation, and then I said, well, what, let's do this. Let's say your presentation is 17 games, but you get two bye weeks instead of one. So now you're offering two more weeks of product to the networks, not just a 17-week schedule, but a 19-week schedule. Is, would that in any way make the game safer? And the answer is no. The, the the fact is whether you play eight games, ten games, twelve games, sixteen games, twenty this games, is so easy. it does Steve, not make the game any safer. Let, let's uh, take another dangerous job like painting bridges. Okay, 
an injury rate, you know, yes. a death rate, a fatality rate. You know, you're put on scaffolds or you're on, uh, uh, you know, the edge of buildings or, or, or uh, you know, whatever you call it on these, these, these winches, right? They lower you and you paint different sections. You know, you, 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 you have a higher risk of, of dying on the job painting bridges if you work 16 times a year or excuse me, if you work 17 times a year versus 16 times a year because you're in the field for an extra day's work. Look, any, I mean, crab fishermen, you remember when the Dangerous Catch show was the biggest thing since sliced bread. If you're on the, the ocean for 16 weeks, you are at a lower uh, chance of death, fatality, injury than you are if you're on the ocean for 17 weeks. It's it's just like any other dangerous job. Police work. It doesn't matter. All right, if but let me ask you this. Less, As a you're, former, you're exposed to less danger. Okay. So again, your argument against the 17 game season as opposed to a 16 game season from a former player's standpoint is what? What is the main concern you have about a 17 game season? Is re- uh, appropriate remuneration. For the risk, meaning how well are you being compensated for the extra work versus the risk? Would you're you taking trade off a, a seventeen-game season for universal health care for the rest of your life as a NFL player? Is that a fair trade-off? I, I look, I I think it would have to be in conjunction with more pay. Look, if you're going to change, the like so for example. I don't know, whatever, whoever is listening, you know, your work schedule, you look how many vacation days you have. Mm-hmm. Imagine if by 117th, your, your, your vacation time is, is fractured, it's taken away, and, and then no changes are made to your salary, no, no changes are made to your compensation structure. Wouldn't that wouldn't that bother you? Wouldn't wouldn't you be saying to yourself, "Well, that's not fair." I mean, especially if you're in a union, especially if you're protected, like that's that's the thought process here. Is if you're not going to compensate for that extra week work, then there's then you're standing at a point where you cannot, you can't even have an, a, a conversation. All right, I want to take what we're talking about now and incorporate the XFL because I I watched yesterday. We're watching right now, and I'm going to tell you, there is there is a way here because the players are always looking for leverage. There is a way. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Let's bring on David Gascon. Oh, yeah. See, now, talk about leverage. I don't have any. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I mean, you know, <laughs> none of us, we, all, we all want leverage, but very few of us ever have it. Hey, what about the counter argument here that uh, more usage actually helps you improve as an athlete? Well, hey, look I, at look at pitchers in Japan and in Korea. Yeah. I mean, they will throw 300 innings a year. They'll throw you know, 150 pitches in a game, 200 pitches in a game, and they're good to go. You get major league baseball pitchers nowadays. They can't go nine. I used to talk to old time pitchers. In fact, the and talk about old time Warren Spahn. Yeah. I mean, you know, the winningest left hand in the history of baseball. Left-hand. Interviewed him at the '89 All Star Game. He threw 22 complete games at the age of 42. Yeah. And I asked him, "How is that possible?" And he goes, "You don't seem to understand. The more I threw." 
the stronger my arm got. Yeah. It wasn't a fatigue factor. It's just like anything else. You use a muscle, you use something, it gets stronger that's, that's if you have anecdotal. the proper mechanics. Yeah, that's anecdotal. Yeah. I mean, there are certain people who leave hip surgery and they go, it was the best decision I ever well, made. what about Tommy John certain surgery? Certain people yeah. leave surgery and go, yeah, yeah. I, I, so. I had bad results. What about, the- what about weightlifters or sprinters, track mm-hmm. and field? Like, you need the amount of reps. You can't just to go get and faster, do- stronger. Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, you could also pull a hammy or blow out a pack. Well, I mean, people, that happens too. Overuse injuries happen as well. People in those lack of me. stretching. How, I do talk radio seven days a week. Yeah. 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 But Isn't you're it? you're a rhythm shooter, Steve. You're not <laughs> a you're not a volume guy. You're a rhythm guy. I, well, I, also you're not a human. You're a robot, I'm and robotic. we've discussed this Very before. So, yeah. yeah, you're a cybernetic organism. Yes, yeah, so I don't know about that. But uh, what else is going on in the world of sports today? <laughs> oh, that <laughs> guys. Uh, college basketball. Marquette took care of number nineteen Butler, seventy six to fifty seven on FS1. Wichita State and Houston, the only other game in the top 25 that'll tip off in about an hour from now. NBA docket today, no Patrick Beverly, no Kawhi Leonard for the LA Clippers against the Cavaliers. Marcus Morris is expected to make his season debut. Celtics and OKC will tip off in about an hour from now from Oklahoma City. Meanwhile, Major League Baseball seeing Ken Rosenthal and John Hammond reporting Dodgers, Twins, and Red Sox still trying to get the Mookie Betts deal done. Obviously, there's a couple things that are not clear just yet with some medical charts, but we'll see how the week goes along. Bets obviously would be the headliner with that Dodgers making that acquisition. Guys, uh, more for you. All right, thank you very much, David. Once again, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more into car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO, the only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. One of the problems that NFL players have had over the years with work stoppages, strikes, and everything else is What's the alternative? If you don't have the NFL, where are you going to go? Now, in basketball, you have international. There's a lot of different means there. Um, but football has not been that day way. I don't know how much you watched yesterday, Rich, of the XFL, and we're watching their uh, game right now, uh, New York versus Tampa Bay. But my first impression of what I'm seeing right now is that although it's not the NFL – it's a better product than we saw a year ago with the Alliance of American Football. It actually, yeah, and they remember the whole concept. One, one of the biggest problem Vince McMahon felt with the launch of the XFL back in 2001 wasn't the shenanigans they were trying to evolve themselves with because they were trying to appeal to a, a weekly primetime audience. It was the fact that the teams just did not have enough time to develop as a team before they took the field which is why when he announced the launch of the XFL, they were going to wait two years before putting guys on the field. So, look, again, it's not the NFL, but the quality of football I'm seeing in this first weekend, to me, looks better, sharper than what we saw a year ago in the Alliance of American Football where they're trying to rush everybody together as quickly as possible. And where I'm going with this is simply this. This league is not going anywhere in the immediate future. Vince McMahon is committed to it. He's putting his own money into it. Yeah. If the NFL were to have a work stoppage, an impasse between the owners and players in 2021, and Vince McMahon says, hey, we could take this league and take it to a whole different level. This is what happened with the AFL and the NFL. They were working separately. And you know what happened? Al Davis became the commissioner of the AFL. 
And what did he try to do? He started stealing NFL talent. He'd find out where all the star quarterbacks were. What are your contract situations? We're going to sign you to future contracts. And all of a sudden, the NFL is like, uh-oh. And next thing you know, they have a merger of the leagues. Now, we're a long way from oh, that, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But I'm saying is, is that the XFL is not the Alliance of American Football. The finances are completely different. And they're doing a better job. This could be the alternative. They're doing a better job of paying a higher salary to quarterbacks, which was the biggest problem with the Alliance of American Football. Being the fact that, again, I'm not saying now, but a couple years down the road, the league shows a certain steadiness. This is the alternative that the NFL players make may have to get added leverage against the NFL. I uh, there is uh there is truth to that statement. Um look, the fact that you have an off-season option, should there be a protracted labor dispute between the ownership in the NFL and the players union? And should that protraction, you know, go throughout a season or interrupt a season or or cancel a season? You know, heavens forbid. But should that be the case, you're going to see players play in the XFL, whether it be need-based because they need to earn a salary or to keep their skills sharp or both. Or, you know, maybe even show up on the scene and have an opportunity because a lot of the players trying to get into the NFL don't make it. Uh, and then the XFL and the Alliance of American Football last spring is a springboard into the NFL. So, look. I think more football is better as far as leagues are concerned. You know, we were just talking about expanding the NFL season. I think that would be a mistake. As we've learned with baseball and basketball, a larger uh, slate of games in the regular season diminishes your ratings to a certain extent because you lack urgency in those games. But as far as sports leagues go, I'm a fan of the G League. I'm a huge fan of the G League. I'm a huge fan of minor league baseball. I wish the compensation was better in minor league baseball, but that's a different conversation for a different day. But as far as a a, a league, and, and the XFL hates being described as a developmental league, but another professional league to play alongside the NFL in the offseason of the NFL, I am all for it for many different reasons, but including the fact that if there should be an issue where the owners and the players couldn't reach an agreement on a CBA, that there is another available uh, avenue for players to to portray their talents for pay. And let's face it, never underestimate the business mind of a guy like Vince McMahon. Oh, no question. He learned the mistake of what happened where the XFL was the idea we're going to play this renegade game. And, and it's all better. The crazy. It's better. This is this, better football. This is just football. Yeah. I mean, a couple of rules changes, like on the kickoff, nobody can move until the ball is caught yep. uh, to create more of a return instead of touchbacks and everything else. And so, to have a safer kickoff. A safer kickoff. Yeah, these guys are five yards apart. They don't have any kicked extra points. You have an option of a one, two, or three point extra point based on how far you weigh, you know, two-yard line, five-yard, turnout. Um, so these are like slight things. But what I'm watching right now is what I call recognizable football. The timing, what I'm, what has really caught me, you talk about the quarterback situation, you know, just basic timing patterns. You know, receivers being in the right spot when the quarterback throws the ball to a certain spot. Already I'm seeing that in this league. Well, you can thank the Alliance of American Football, and I'll tell you why. So 
these players and these coaches have had about the same amount of time, the same amount of on-ramp uh, as the Alliance of American Football players How and many, coaches have How many, by the way, AAF together. players are in this league right now? See, that's the point. There's tons. Yeah. And so you have a slate of players who have already played a full season in the Alliance or nearly a full season in the Alliance of American Football who have been on the shelf since last spring. Many of them didn't make NFL camps. A bunch of them did, and few of them were signed, but it gave that opportunity, and some of the players actually, there were players on both Super Bowl teams who benefited from the Alliance of American Football. But these XFL players benefited too. Because they were working with coaches, they were honing the craft, and it wasn't just but a year ago. And so even though they're playing, many of them, for different coaches, different offensive systems, with different quarterbacks, they kept their skills sharp. And and there's a new crop of players obviously coming out of college football every year. But I, I promise you, a lot of those players from the Alliance of American Football, as soon as the league folded up, the first call their agent made was to their given XFL cities saying, my my player's available, will you sign him? And they got an opportunity, and they were fresh off of their last spring of football. So I've been watching over the last couple of days, and like I say, it's not the NFL. Obviously, it's not the best of the best, but it's it's watchable. Oh, it's it, very it, it watchable. It looks like football, okay? Yeah. It looks like legitimate football as we know it. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's an impossible, but it tastes like, but it's not really. Uh, it looks, I'm just, again, the aesthetics. It, does it look like football? Yeah, it looks like professional football right now, which is good news for this league in its infancy. All right. The shocking death of Kobe Bryant. Obviously, most people are still in denial. Like, it's, it's still, two weeks later, does not seem real. You know, two weeks ago, right now, you and I, Rich, were sitting here, Digesting a story that had just come over the wire um, that all of a sudden Kobe Bryant has been killed in a helicopter crash. His death has had remunerations everywhere, but on one particular situation, maybe its greatest impact. We're going to tell you what that is coming up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. 
Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Arbin and Rich Armberger. Hey, do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and auto insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home is hard work. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see how much you could save. Geico.com, it is easy. Tonight's going to be an interesting night at the Academy Awards. So two weeks ago today, when Kobe and eight others were killed, in that helicopter crash, the Academy said that they were going to have some kind of remembrance of Kobe Bryant beyond the immemorium that we see uh, every year at the Academy Awards. People have passed away over the last year. And then Kirk Douglas passed away this week, 103 years of age, uh, who also has had rumors of a sordid past when it comes to assaulting women. So this is going to be a very interesting to see how the Academy handles this right now. Gail King of CBS did an interview with Lisa Leslie this week in which she talked about Kobe Bryant. That's why she brought Lisa Leslie in. She's a friend. She knows that she knew Kobe. Well, they had a lot of questions, but Gail brought up the subject of the rape situation, the alleged rape situation in Colorado, which was almost 17 years ago. And Lisa Leslie made it clear that in her many, many interactions with Kobe Bryant that she never saw any inappropriate behavior. And she goes, believe me, I've been around a lot of NBA players that have been inappropriate around women. Kobe never saw it. Gail pushed her a few more times. And Lisa Leslie said time and again, look, I know what you're saying. I get it. But I'm just telling you from my own personal experience, never, ever. Did I see that kind of behavior from Kobe Bryant when I have seen it from others? So I'm wondering about the Me Too movement right now where we saw Sarah Spain of ESPN bring this up just two days after his passing doing a long column about, you know, why are we why are we acknowledging a man that, you know, was a so-called rapist? We had the DA that was involved in the case who referred to the woman in question as the victim, as opposed to the alleged victim. I'm just wondering now, with this 
you know, the Kobe coalition fighting back against this labeling him a racist when it was never proven. It really was a he said, she said. He never denied that he had uh, a sexual encounter with this woman. But the idea that he forced himself on her was her word versus his. I'm just wondering if the spotlight of Kobe's death and the fact that this has been getting a huge backlash of those that have been trying to label Kobe as someone that we should not look up to because he was a quote-unquote rapist is going to have an effect on the Me Too movement. Well, look, the pendulum swings back and forth historically on everything. And I think depending on the moment um, and and the moment – in the case of Kobe Bryant's untimely death alongside his daughter, who he, from all appearances he was a doting father to, uh, was shocking to the sports viewing community. And then there were some opportunistic articles written. I agree with that. The timing of the articles that were written about this alleged rape case in Colorado uh, were, were, were obvious. Uh, you, you know, you're going to get a lot more views on a Kobe Bryant article very quickly following his death involving his alleged rape, or I should say uh, this this alleged victim's rape in Colorado if uh, if he's making headline news anyways. Uh, so so all of it, look, there's, there's ugliness on all sides of this. Um, here's what I will say. A very close family member of mine is a victim of sexual assault. And the perpetrator served jail time. He was found guilty. Uh, He lost his freedom due to what he did. And the echoes of that trauma that this family member faced followed her throughout her life, still to this day. So this is a very sensitive situation. And so when you're talking about an alleged victim that settled the case and you're talking about a star who is involved in this case to the caliber of Kobe Bryant and the pressures around this situation, I could see this being a very, a very possible circumstance that, um, that, 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 you know, like we all know, like that could very possibly happened and, and was settled away from the light of day. I also could see, uh, an opportunity for somebody to potentially make some monetary gain from from launching a case like this but having but having seen both sides of this you know having been in a locker room with athletes who have been wrongly accused of things like this football players who for a short time had their names dragged through the mud um, and then later found completely absolved of, of, of a case like this. And then also have seen a close family member suffer through the travesty of an, of a sexual assault and a case involving sexual assault. Dude, this is tough. It is, look, it is tough, Rich. I'm, I, I'm telling you right now, because again, it's Kobe Bryant and the, way he passed away, the suddenness of it, the connection with his daughter and everything else, it, it, it has put the Me Too movement on notice, so to speak. I'm not saying it's a negative thing because it's obviously not because crimes have been committed against women. But at the same time, when we talk about accusations and the fact that you're guilty until proven innocent, 
That's where some people draw the line. So the aftermath of this is, uh, I think, going to have some far-reaching effects. I'm going to be very interested in watching the Academy Awards tonight. All right, we got much more on everything sports February coming up next. Oh, yes, on this big Sunday, once again, here we are, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. By the way, uh, good news for Rich and I. So Monday through Friday, we do our show, Fox Sports in San Diego, uh, and we have three local shows there. And our morning show decided that we needed to pick a team to be our team for the season, and we picked New York. Yeah, we picked the Guardians, who are absolutely handing it to the Vipers How right about now. that? 14 nothing shellacking here in the first half. Although I will say this, Aaron Murray on a third and two, mm. he found an open slant route, and the <laughs> Vipers are driving. A year ago at this time, <laughs> a year ago at this time, Rich Ornberger was a broadcaster for the San Diego fleet of the Alliance of American Football, yeah. which was launched a year ago. So I want to get your take. I mean, you we're watching a little of this right now. You were you were, by the way, at what was the single most watched game in AAF history, which was the opening game for the fleet in San Antonio. Yep, the San you were Antonio there. Commanders. A, a, well, a good crowd out for that game oh, that day. 20,000 plus. They had big uh, numbers on TV for that initial game of the Lions American football. Unfortunately, it was all downhill. But when you're watching what we're watching right now, I mean, I am I see a better brand of football than I saw a year ago at this time. But you know this game better than I do. What do you see? No, I, I feel strongly that the game looks sharper, and I, I actually said the Alliance of American Football earlier in the show actually aided the XFL because you have players who played last spring in the Alliance of American Football who as soon as the league dissolved, the XFL was already up and running and operational. Their agents were calling the commissioner, the, the league operators, and getting these names of players on short lists so should their NFL tryouts not work out or the training camp they got signed to or potentially some players who didn't get a sniff from the NFL, if, if the XFL were interested, they were the first up. And so many of these same players are holdovers from the Alliance of American Football. And so they, they look it. They, they don't look all that out of practice. They look like they played in a league last year and we're seeing the benefit from the XFL side, from having a spring league last year. One of the aspects of this game, and this is another sort of crossroads element as far as the NFL is concerned, and that is gambling. Right now, the NFL is seeking to hire a vice president of gambling, a senior vice president of gambling. That is going to be the title for someone, and they are seeking someone that obviously is in the gambling industry and how to make that connection, something the NFL fought for years, something that the NFL tried to ignore for years, and the true impact of gambling on the NFL, because I think it's as, as big as anything, is why the NFL has risen to the level it is, because it is by far the most gambled on sport, both legally and illegally. But with the expansion of legalized gambling around the country, the NFL is finally getting aboard and understanding how to do that. Now, a year ago with the Alliance of American Football, Rich, they were already beginning to tinker with some mechanisms to place bets during the game, sort of proposition betting. The XFL will do the same thing. And we've talked many times, and I've, I talked about this for 10 years, Rich, about the fact of 
How are you going to continue to get people to show up the stadium with the introduction of high def television? And now it's gone to a whole different level. I don't understand. So how exactly do you best utilize legalized gambling to benefit the league in terms of getting people to show up at the stadiums and everything else? This is going to be proprietary. This is going to be one of those situations where you're absolutely right. Uh, We're shopping a television right now for our bedroom. And we're replacing a television that I actually, when I was a rookie with the New England Patriots, we went to the NFLPA Rookie Symposium. Okay, listen to this. This is ridiculous. And we won um, some sort of drawing because we, we submitted questions correctly on a compliance test faster than any of the other 32 teams' rookies. And we all won Samsung TVs, like 32-inch Samsungs. Now, anybody who has a TV in their house, I promise you it's larger than 32 inches. Yes. A 32-inch TV, your toaster is bigger than a 32-inch TV. Seemed big TV. at the time, though. Oh, my goodness. And it, and it was like, you know, flat screen. And we, yeah, we mounted it to the wall. Well, it's followed us on all these different moves. And, gosh, that was all the way back in 2009 now. So mm-hmm. we're talking about a, tw- a 10-year-old, 11-year-old television. Might as well have been 100 years. So we're replacing it. This thing is, like, ancient. Yeah. And you walk into any single electronics store and you look at the size of the television for what they're worth at this point. Yeah. We're shopping a 40 or 43 inch television and it's 200 bucks. Yeah. Like that's where we're at now in this day and age. You could outfit, you know, using YouTube TV or one of these streaming things or even shoot, you know, regular standard cable have different boxes on all these TVs. You could outfit a living room. For $1,000 with four different televisions, have one streaming service or one cable brand, mm-hmm. and probably hook up those four TVs for another, say, 40 bucks. Surround sound the whole shebang. Surround the whole shebang for probably less than 1000 1500 right. bucks. It would take you $1,000 to buy regular season NFL tickets for your family. So you have you, you, you can build a wall of televisions in your house, or you could go to one game. That's the difference right now. Yes. And you can have this immersive experience. So if you're going to bring fans to the stadium, you need to make gambling on these games in the proposition form a proprietary thing where you can only do it from, you know, either technologies or tablets or applications that only work if you're inside the the stadium itself. You know, like for old timers like me, the idea of going to a game was really your only opportunity. I mean, to show you how primitive things were, growing up in Los Angeles, the only Dodger games that were on television were the road games against the four, uh, the Giants. Those are the only games. They never televised a home game, ever, ever, ever. And then, you know, uh, if they were on the game of the week. Right. So we got from those primitive days to where we are today. So, you know, when I, when I, look, I have two sons that are 23 and 21, but I focus on my younger son because he's a real sports fan, right? I take him to a Laker game a year. Yeah. You know, to sort of experience it. But it's not like he's banging on my door like, hey, I got to get to the Laker game because he can sit back on the multitude of big TVs around the house uh, and watch and get the commentary and everything else. This is where gambling, though, can be a valuable tool to get people to come back to the stadium. In other words, you set up a mechanism. It could be at individual seats, it could be betting windows, whatever, where you can actually bet. While the game is going on, two things about this. One, it's like you can only do this if you go to the stadiums. 
Two, it allows the NFL to control that revenue. And just imagine how much money could be had that could be split amongst owners, players, and everything else. So it's going to be, I think this is the wave of the future. Look, we are here in the uh, L.A. area. There's a new stadium that's going to be, and by the way, there's a long way to go on this stadium. they got a lot of work to do. It's going to now. It's now it's pushing. We just talked to uh, Sam Farmer, you know, the top NFL writer for the LA Times, saying it's pushing six billion dollars. A stadium that was targeted at two billion dollars. And are you going to get your money back on this? Now, of course, it's going to host many things other than NFL football. But how do you maximize the benefits of having two teams there? Sixteen games of regular season football with two teams. Financially, well. Just saying, hey, we got great seats available. No, it's that not is not going to buy. That's Here, not going to cut it. So, being sort of on the inside of this this professional spring league, the Alliance of American Football last year, which there are some people who still didn't even know existed, but the AAF had you know an eight team league. And they launched, and it was under Bill Polian and Charlie Ebersol and Troy Palomalo, a new Hall of Famer, was on the, the executive committee, and Justin Tuck. And there were other named people, football people, who were involved in the launch of this league. And there was a, a group of fans, certainly, and there were a group of people who had some interest, certainly. And then there was a swath of people who never even knew it existed and might even be surprised hearing me talking about it, like, What? What is this? Well, yes, it existed. And part of the reason it existed was because they were developing technologies where you were able to live track players and you were able to sort of see where they were, body position on the field, how fast they were moving. Uh, it was it was really interactive. You, they launched an app, a companion app, alongside the league where if you, if you turned on the app in-game, you could just launch a guess. It was a guess. It was, is it going to be a run or a pass? You clicked run or pass. Is it going to be ran to the right? Is it going to be ran to the left? Or is it going to go up the middle? And they had the same options on the passing game as well. And you could play against somebody heads up, or you could play against the field of other people who are playing and using this app. And it was just a game. It was just a game. But there would be winners and losers. Now, so imagine if you walked into a stadium, an NFL stadium like the one being built in Inglewood, and you're going to a Rams or a Chargers home game, they're hosting a team, and you don't have particular interest, per se, in the teams that are playing. Maybe you're not a Rams fan. Maybe you're a Steelers fan. But you know what? The Jaguars are playing, and that's a cheaper ticket, and I just want to go and try out this gambling app. Now, if the NFL does this right, what they'll be able to do is launch an app, or they already have an app, certainly, but they'll be able to launch a part of the app, a gaming app, where you can actually live bet. And the only way you're able to do that is if you're in the stadium to launch these live bets. You will fill these stadiums. They will be overflowing with people because it'll make the game exciting in the live experience again. That's what they're going to have to do. Because, again, if you're trying to get a new generation of NFL fans, like you say, I have two boys in their 20s. It's all about technology for them. It's not necessarily about the fan experience because, of just being at a game and rooting for your team. Dad, dad can be playing for for keeps yeah. and the kids could be playing for fun. Yeah. It could be a family experience. <laughs> All right, so the NBA All-Star games coming up here shortly and 
you know, we talk about how these leagues, and we're doing a lot of this today about, you know, just the evolution of all these sports. The NBA is a league based on star power. They've done a better job of marketing their stars by far than any other sport. But that's a problem right now, and we'll explain why coming up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin and Rich Ornberger. Hey, ever wherever work gets done, Granger's there with the industrial supplies, safety products, and time-saving services you need to keep your business running smoothly. See for yourself when you visit Granger.com. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, so we are inching our way to the uh, All-Star Game. Uh, that will be uh, next week. And, uh, you know, it's it's been an interesting year around the NBA. The Milwaukee Bucks right now, the best team in the league. The Lakers, obviously, after six straight losing seasons, uh, the matchup of Anthony Davis and LeBron James is working. Um, so it's going to be an interesting NBA season moving forward. Um, but if you look at this league, and, you know, David Stern passed away on New Year's Day, I believe it was. Um, and... The biggest impact that David Stern had on the NBA was his marketing genius of focusing on the individual rather than the teams. 
They were the first team, and it started with Michael Jordan, that they had a special player. It wasn't about the Chicago Bulls. It was about Michael Jordan. And then a generation of players, sort of that next generation was Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, when he was in high school, he's looking at Jordan. That's the new wave. So it's all about identifying players rather than teams as the main marketing tool for the NBA, and it's worked beautifully for the league. But they're at a bit of a crossroads right now because some of their more recognizable stars are getting long of tooth. And then they have sort of that dilemma with some international players like uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, where obviously he's a great player. He's been an MVP, yeah. a Doncic, guys like this. Luka but Doncic, but they yeah. really do they resonate with an American audience, which brings us to Zion Williamson. Zion. You just have to say the name, and everybody instantly knows the name. So he is now the best future marketing tool for this league, but they got one slight problem with Zion, and that's keeping him on the court. So he's played eight games. He's played well, averaging nearly 20 points in about 26 minutes of play, but he missed the last game with a sprained Ankle. And your greatest ability in all sports, I don't care what sport you play, is your availability. If you can't play, it doesn't matter if you're a game wrecker. You're of no use to your team. You're of no use to the league, and people will forget about you eventually. As great as Zion was in high school, and trust me, I followed him on Instagram when he was in high school because I've never seen a player that unique in size and strength an ability to dunk and shoot the outside shot. He was incredible, obviously followed his career to Duke, where he uh, really reached national prominence, and then obviously on his way to the NBA, but it's been riddled with injury, and you're absolutely right, Steve. This is going to affect fans' ability to attach themselves to Zion. Yeah, I mean, they have to keep this guy in the court. The other thing about the Zion Williamson star power, and we were talking earlier about the evolution of this game is that starting with Golden State, it became a perimeter game. Then everybody wanted to, it's a copycat league like every league. Hey, let's let's take it outside. Let's get perimeter shooters because not everyone has a Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and we found that out. But one team, the Houston Rockets, has decided, oh, yeah, we're going to take what started with the Warriors and we're going to go all in. We're breaking down the analytics, three-point shot versus two-point shot, the kind of way that we played the game. We're dumping all the big guys. We're, we're, we're not even going to pretend anymore unless we got a, a seven-footer that can hit 40%-plus shots from three-point land. He's of no need to us. We don't care about perimeter defense. We don't care. I mean, we don't care about interior defense or rebounding. We're playing a completely, entirely different game which then brings up Zion Williamson. Now, Zion Williamson certainly can hit the three-point shot. We have seen that. But when we think of Zion Williamson, what are we really thinking about? Dunks, man. Big man. Getting up. But is is that that, style of play passe? At six foot seven, he has handles. The fact that at at his weight, he has ups. Like, it's it's not just that Zion Williamson uh, is talented. It's also you just look at him. And, and the energy generated by his body is incredible. He's a human highlight reel. I mean, and that's the reason why Jordan was so appealing to young basketball viewers when he was around, and he was great, and it was because he could fly. Yeah, but that was appealing then. You know, it's interesting because Michael Jordan one year leading the league in scoring hit 18% of his three-point shots. Oh, well, yeah. He was not a three-point shooter. No. It was a different game then. LeBron My point James, is though, the guys thing. that fly high and dunk – 
Isn't that a thing of the past? No, 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 no. It we really, got everybody throwing up three-point shots. It really isn't because turn on even NBA Twitter and see what really goes viral. It's 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 the it's it's not three-point shooting. Really? That according to analytics, a dunk is two points. No, That's like a wasted opportunity. You're, you're, you're looking at it through a different lens than I am. I'm well, talking well, about I'm talking about the lens that the NBA seems to be using right now. What's what's no 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 no? Again, you're wrong. What's appealing to teams is winning. And the formula to winning, as far as the Houston Rockets are concerned, and certainly Golden State during their path to uh, victories and conference finals and all of the such, was the outside shot. But from a viewership standpoint, from from a ah, viral standpoint yes. on Twitter, the NBA understands what's most promotable. Well, wait a second now, Rich. Now, well, promotive, well, 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 I agree with high-flying athletes dunking I, the basketball. Look at, I agree with you. But my point is, is that earlier I was talking about the aesthetics of a game where guys are launching three-point shots. You said it works for me. We well, can't have both. You got five guys on the perimeter that. shooting three-point shots, or we have but an up-and-down guy flying that. to. So it doesn't what, work for what me. Is more, it doesn't work for you. No, of course not. Look, it works for these teams. I understand the thought process behind this. I, I, don't, I don't think it's as attractive of a game if you're going to have a three-point contest every night. That's not an attractive game. Again, what I was saying to you, and I stand by this, if this swings too far in the favor of that perimeter game, the NBA is going to have to change rules to make it more of an inside game again. Because you can't have that pendulum swing that far. Look, it happened in the 90s. And I, I explained to you, I didn't like what happened in the 90s with Hackashack. Because they learned if you have a power player in the paint, if you foul him, if he's a poor foul shooter, and you get him to line, well, you're going to have a better chance of success against a big man who can't shoot the foul shot. It was a bad way to market this league, but it was a workaround from these teams' standpoint. Well, they took that away. They took away that availability, and the game changed. Now the pendulum's starting to swing outside, and you're seeing a lot of perimeter shooting, and I told you, I don't think that's going to be an attractive look for the NBA. Again, what sells in the NBA is seeing these insane athletes do insane things that the rest of us can't. Well, Steph I, look, Curry, I agree with you. Well, Steph Curry is a star, but he's a star because he won championships. If Steph Curry played for the Portland Trailblazers, nobody would know the name. I, I don't care if he's hitting 50% from, from, from three-point land. If he wasn't winning championships, he would not be marketable because nobody cares about the perimeter shooting. Everybody cares about the greatness that team achieved together using perimeter shooting. Well, again, this is going to be – the Pelicans are sitting at nine games below 500. Now, again, Zion's only played in eight games, so obviously we have to see a full year, and they got a lot of talent on this team. Brandon Ingram, uh, once he was unleashed from the Lakers, has become an all-star this year year with the Pelicans. Uh, they, they have the ingredients there, especially if Zion can stay healthy and develop into the star a lot of Certainly. people think he's going to be. But it, it is going to be sort of that balance between the analytics, uh, the, you know, like doing the math, like, hey, three-point shooting is where it's at. It just makes sense. We can, we can have more possessions, more shots from three-point land, more opportunities to score versus where I'm in agreement with you. I mean, I love to see we're, we're talking about athletes that are off the charts here. You know, again, going back to our buddy John Brinkus yesterday, he said when, when we talk about these athletes, whether it's their size or speed, their jumping ability, we are talking about point zero 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 one percent of the human population. Yep. Yep. Uh, that are 
physically built in a way to be these athletes. You have to understand, that's how few people walk in this planet. I mean, just your size. You're not 6'7", you're not, you know, but you are a bigger man and you are in such a small percentage of the human beings walk in this, this planet, which immediately elevated you as a potential football player, whether you deserved it or not, you have the physical build that is necessary oh, yeah. in order to play a line position in the NFL, and then it was up to you whether or not you chose to actually go there. Well, look, there's so many factors that go into becoming a professional athlete. Obviously, there's a significant amount of luck, and and I don't just mean luck like, oh, wow, you know, he ended up uh, being six foot three and having the propensity to build muscle and build on that frame. It goes beyond that. The neighborhood you grew up in, the opportunities that neighborhood afforded you, the coaching you received in your formative years, how many sports you had available to you so you could develop an athletic base before even finding the sport that you end up playing professionally. Look at Patrick Mahomes, baseball and football. Me, myself, I played lacrosse through all of my youth, all year round, indoor, outdoor, as much as I possibly could until I found football in middle school, and then that became my obsession. But but there are so many factors that go into finding your way into the professional ranks in any of these sports. It is, I mean, it is to the infinitesimal degree you could miss this or you could make this. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's very odd to be a part of that fraternity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, at the same token, I mean, I, I I'm not I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to say for for a moment that. Seeing freaks of nature, and that's what I considered myself when I was playing football still, do amazing things on the field, feats of strength or or of talent or skill that nobody else can do isn't what's alluring to this. That is the whole show. So if you get too far away from that beaten path, that tried and true path, you're going to have a left entertaining sport. All right, we're coming in live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 50 minutes can save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Let's find out what's trending right now. Speaking of freaks of nature, man, David Gascon. When did you know that you just were different than most people physically? <laughs> I, I screwed up. I... Um... You know, they always, you have your own path, right? And you guys yes. know this well as having kids. Um, I'm a southpaw, a lefty, oh. but I, I grew up playing multiple sports, football, basketball, baseball, and hockey, but I loved football, man. I just, uh, I think it went back from being, not being able to play like as a freshman in high school and taking that that treatment from like the sophomores and the juniors and seniors to actually excelling when you came up as a sophomore, junior, and senior, but why didn't you do the baseball thing? I don't. I mean, I should have listened to my dad. See, my, my <laughs> I had a yeah. natural cutting fastball oh. before I started lifting heavy weights. It's amazing you mention that because my younger son is also a pure lefty. Yeah, and when when he started in little league, there's something about lefties; they just look more natural. Like you say, throwing the ball, they seem to have a natural cutter. Yeah. As a left-hander, when you would just stand in the batter's box, to yeah. me, left-handers look more natural than right-handed hitters. It's a great advantage to be a left-hander, but 
Yeah. My son, I guess, did the same thing you did. Didn't now, follow that path. Now, I forget what year it was, but my dad always talked to me about the stories of, of Sandy Koufax when they beat the Twins in Game 7. Yes. And he worked on two days rest. Two days rest. And he had one pitch. It was a fastball. That's but all he had. It was a rising fastball that he blew away the Twins. Yeah, so. double-digit strikeouts, and he threw a complete game shutout. <laughs> yeah. Different no, world no, in no those days. Yeah. But, man, I just, yeah, baseball, just something about it. But the game of football, it just it teaches you so much about life because I mean, you get your tail kicked mm. over and over. And it's so humbling, right? Because you can get a DB, a safety. That's... Well, it's also the consummate team sport. Right. I mean, there's so many moving pieces. And if they're all not working in sync, it oh, doesn't yeah. work. You're yeah. just, the boat sinks. Yeah. yeah. I don't want your life. Oh, come on, Isla. <laughs> Gosh. Well, he's got his own things to worry about now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, guys, XFL. Um, some fun stuff so far. Guardian surging forward. It's a touchdown. What a start on the opening drive, and Matt McGloin takes it in himself and the first touchdown in Guardians history. That's courtesy of Fox. Matt McGloin so far 12 of 22 for 154 yards and a touchdown. Aaron Murray on the other side, not too good, guys. He's 11 of 25 for 156 yards, but two picks. And right now, the Guardians of New York lead the Tampa Bay Vipers 17-0 at the half. You guys watching a lot of this? We are. Are you enjoying it? Yeah. I am. I, I mean, like I said, it, it doesn't look terrible. I mean, it, it looks like <laughs> – no, I mean, it, I mean, there were times last year early in the AAF season. I mean, some teams are better than others, but there, there were other games that were just – you could just tell. It's like they just threw a bunch of guys on the field. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing timing that is necessary only, you know, when, you, you know, th- it just looks normal football that we're watching right now. You can never get enough football. Well, for some people, that's the only sport. Yeah, yeah that's true. I mean, they, you know, it just, just scratches that itch when there's <laughs> no football to be had. I mean, when you, when you see the NFL draft last year at Nashville and there's half a million people in the streets on a rainy day. Yeah. That sort of shows you the power of the NFL. Hundreds Wait of till thousands. Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Uh, right now, oh, hang on a second. Before we get to Iowa, Sam, he's got something special, I understand, for us. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on your car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO, the only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. What do you have, Iowa, Sam? We're watching the XFL, and yes, it is football, but it, it kind of, to me, it's it speaks to the power of branding. When you watch the NFL, there's certain teams that you want to tune in for. Yeah. And it's like, I kind of watch this, and I'm like, this is kind of like watching like a Jacksonville, Tennessee game on a Thursday night with the Color Rush jerseys. You're like, you're just like, okay, it, there's a scene out of Wayne's World where they create the set of Wayne's Basement as a TV set, and they're looking at it, they're like, well, it looks like Wayne's Basement. But it's weird. It's not Wayne's Space. Well, yeah. I mean, isn't there yeah. something to it though? Like well, you watch I mean, the NFL, you watch college football, certain brands in college well, of course. football. Of course, the mean, NFL. You you're like, you're like that draws you in. Football. You see the Penn State uniform, Alabama, USC, Ohio State. I, I'm watching this. I'm like, you're used it's, to watching this. It's is the new. game, but it's like there's nothing like behind it yet. There's no value. Well, to well it me is yet. week one. I know. Yeah. But well, it, I, I'll say, uh, to yeah. your point. I know exactly. <laughs> it's sort of like, it's sort of like. Uh, I'll make this example. The difference between seeing the Mona Lisa and a picture of the Mona Lisa. Like, you know, you could have a poster hanging in your room, but it's different when you go to the Louvre. Yes. You know, there there is something about the original McCoy that can't be replicated. Even if it's a great attempt, 
but it doesn't mean it's not good. You know, you, you can still see the nuance uh, in Da Vinci's Mona Lisa looking at a poster of it, but but you're you're not you're not completely you're not you're not feeling all of it. You're not seeing all of it. You're you're it's it's not authentic i guess is what you're you're trying to this this might be a good game it might be a close game it might be well played when you watch it like the power of branding you could watch a game between alabama and lsu and they might each turn it over five times it might be a sloppy game but you're like well this is a great game this is a lot of defense this this is when we we talked earlier about the nba and the brilliant marketing scheme by david stern to brand the individual to give the league a face you know, a, 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 a face. Michael Jordan became the face of the NBA, and they've been doing it ever since, whether it was Kobe or LeBron or any other superstar. They're creating face of the league. From what I understand, now remember, this is a ESPN brand right now. It was funny because you know this as well as I do, Rich. Last year, the Alliance American Football, which was basically a CBS product, it had a numerous outlets, you know, for the games. Um when we say got no coverage on ESPN, they didn't even have a, a, a page for it on their website. They never once listed a single score of a single game ever right. for the Alliance American Football. Now, it's different now with the XFL because they are all in. They are the network up. But I guarantee you their marketing strategy is we need a breakout star. We need somebody in this league uh, that's going to sort of stand out. The AFL, when it started in the early 60s, you know what, what their breakout star was? His name was Lance Allworth, Bambi. He was this wide receiver for the San Diego Chargers that did things that were spectacular. He had speed, leaping ability. He was nicknamed Bambi because he had sort of these big brown eyes. You know, he had an innocent look, but he had this leaping ability and everything else. And, and then, of course, what happened was Joe Namath. Joe Namath suddenly took the AFL into the stratosphere because now they really had a face for the league, a marketing tool. They paid him a lot of money. He had the look. He had everything else. That's what this team, this league needs right now. We're just watching teams. We're just watching football. There's nothing to distinguish one player from the other. Somehow, some way, well, this but- league has got to find a breakout player that can become the face of this league. What you're talking about essentially is barring the uh, the esteem a player gains from whether it be college football or even professional or the NFL. I shouldn't say professional football because obviously the XFL is professional football. But you're 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 looking to steal the esteem that a player has gained, whether it be in college or the NFL. And capitalize on it in the XFL. So whether that means it's a guy uh, who's had you know some run-ins with the law, or had some run-ins with the performance-enhancing drug policy, or had some run-ins with coaches, and he sort of got weeded out of the NFL, and his his resurgent story is in the XFL, or potentially a college football player who wanted to leave a year earlier than he was allotted. And found his way into the XFL and ended up becoming the greatest uh, athlete on the field. That's the sort of story you're looking for, but you're going to have to borrow some of the clout and esteem that player created in a different league, whether it be NCAA football or it be the NFL. 
Yeah, you got to create a must-watch. There has to be an individual that suddenly catches the imagination. People go, I got to see this guy. I got to see this guy. Well, here's a question for you. How about a guy like Marcus Mariota who gets benched, all right? Maybe he doesn't get his job back. Maybe he doesn't get another job in the NFL as a starter. Could you see a former Heisman Trophy winner like Marcus Mariota perhaps going to the XFL and bringing them some some uh, some visual? Well, first of all, he doesn't have the kind of personality. That's just not his deal, like Mariota. he's too good for it? Well, no, it's just that he's not a larger-than-life personality. I mean, that's just who he is. No, you, like I said, when I go back to Joe Namath and the AFL, it was the complete package. I mean, not only did he have great ability, but he had the look. I mean, he fit the times, the 60s look, you know, and he was playing the game. You know, he was out with the clubs, out with the ladies, doing everything else. It was an insane marketing tool for a league. On the flip side, yeah, the NFL was Lombardi, old school. You know, they didn't do all that kind of stuff. They were marketed as conservative. They sort of represented that faction. And here we have the turbulent 60s and everything else, a new generation, and they needed sort of that that guy. Listen. And Joe played the part. When, I, when I was describing— you got to have some reason to tune in. When I was describing a player who has had a falling out of sorts— the you know and and look there may be a college star or two who wants to get paid as opposed to play for the NCAA. You know. The player though that comes so easily to mind right now is Antonio Brown. You know I understand the thought process of wanting a quarterback. Obviously quarterbacks are the most viable player to make a team better to, to highlight their skill, especially if they're a dual threat guy. But if Antonio Brown watched this league for a year or the better part of a season and then joined a team, even if like Vince McMahon allowed him to join the, the, the league on a game-by-game -game basis, like signed him to, hey, look, we're going to sign you to a two-week contract. You like it? We'll, we'll talk about details of extending you. If you don't, you're out. But bringing a player like that to the table where every single throw is going to come his way I like that's the type of guy who could he could lend the clout he's already gained in the NFL. He has pure talent, um, and uh, you know ascend the league along with his own stature somehow. All right, um, we're going to continue. We, there's some interesting twists in the XFL. Uh, it, it's sort of a, a petri dish. All right, so in other words, they're going to be trying some things in the league, and you can go back. You know, the old ABA in 1967. Introduce the three-point shot. Three points. What a gimmick basketball. Yeah, guess what? The NFL, NBA finally took note and incorporated it. So one thing that the XFL is doing right now is a very real possibility for the NFL. The question is, why aren't they taking advantage of it? We're going to explain what this is all about coming up next. Steve Harbin and Rich Orenberger. All right, so we're watching some XFL football. By the way, the team that... We sort of own New York, the Guardians, uh, up 17 nothing over the Tampa Bay Vipers right now. All right, forget the scores. We don't really care about that right now. <laughs> i tell you what we do care about, though, is how the XFL could be of good use to the NFL. Now, the NFL made a, a big change as far as extra points a couple of years ago when they moved it back from 20 yards to 33 yards. So you go from a 20-yard extra point, which was like 99%, to a 33-yard extra point, which, and Rich, you and I sit here every Sunday during the NFL season, and we open the show right as the games are kicking off. 
10 o'clock on the West Coast, 1 o'clock on the East Coast. And how long is it going to take before we get that first miss extra point? We could time it with a stopwatch. I mean, it's it's almost under a minute every single time. I would say that we had maybe no exaggeration over 17 weeks regular season. Three or four weeks where literally the very first extra point attempted was missed. Uh, there was a span of weeks where it was like four or five in a row where it was right. the, the very first score was followed by a missed extra point. And, you know, Bill Belichick was a championship or a champion of this rule change. For years, he complained about how this was a throwaway moment in every game, how there was no skill involved in hitting a 20-yard field goal, let alone extra point. And so moving it back would create – a more competitive situation, one that you need to prepare for more, and clearly it's worked. All right, so the XFL, though, has gone a different route. There is no kicking of an extra point. You have three options with an extra point in the XFL. You can go for one point from the two-yard line, two points from the five-yard line, or three points from the 10-yard line. Well, we're only three games into the XFL season, but the vast majority of extra point attempts have been from the two-yard line, which sort of defeats the purpose of what they were hoping to do. But even beyond that, so the XFL actually conducted some practice games and found that teams convert 50% of the time from two from the two-yard line, okay, 30% from the five, and just 10% from the 10. But if you actually figure out the dynamics, you're much more apt to score more points on extra points if you consistently go from the five-yard line, got it. Then you would going from the two-yard line, but everyone just seems to be going from the two-yard line. Well, it's all based on a very short sample size, but you know that's how analytics works. Sometimes it seems like something counterintuitive uh, becomes uh, an absolute truth. Like the three-point shot in the NBA, we were talking about this earlier. Analytically it is better to take as many three-point shots as you possibly can as opposed to wasting your time getting into the paint or setting up plays to make two-point shots available to you. It, it, find you a bunch of perimeter shooters and make it rain. That's the best path to victory as far as the numbers are concerned. I'll tell you what's happening in the XFL. You got a bunch of older coaches who are used to running plays from the two-yard line in uh, extra-point situations, the two-point conversion in the league. Uh, so they are they're going for those more often as a result. Yeah. Short yardage plays are you know are, are a lot easier to come by so so to speak than those 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 medium length uh, down and distance. Well, plays. again, I, the, the XFL coaches are going to do what they want to do. Yeah, I think yeah. the NFL coaches would sort of like to see more two point attempts just to see hey is that something we might incorporate into the NFL? But so far, it doesn't look like the XFL coaches are complying. All right, so we've been talking some XFL. We've been talking about the aftermath of the NFL season. We've had a lot of NBA talk. You know what we're not talking about right now is college basketball. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. This is one one of the most nondescript seasons ever for college basketball. Good or bad for the sport, we'll tell you next. Oh, what a Sunday it has been. And it's going to get a whole lot better. Once again, we're coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 50 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. All right, we're not going to sugarcoat it. It's February, folks. February is that blank canvas for sports, which is why, again, 
the XFL. A year ago, the Alliance of American Football attempted to fill the void, and now it's the XFL trying to fill the void that is the month of February. The problem, Rich, is, is that February is just one month. Once we get into March, all of a sudden you got March Madness. And by the time you get to April, April's one of the biggest sports months of the year. I mean, you got everything. The start of the baseball season, you're counting down to the NFL draft, you got the Masters. April is a huge month for sports, but and then all of a sudden argue, you get to I'll the argue. end of the XFL. Yeah. It's like, is anybody still watching? We might be watching in February, but are you still watching in April when we have so many alternative choices? I'll argue this, though. So since there is such a void in February, you're going to be able to cast this broad net uh, and catch a lot of sports fans who are searching for something, something to sort of, again, to scratch this itch. You have the Super Bowl, and then what most people feel is like the football hangover in the following weeks because you miss it, and it's too early really to start turning your attention to Combine just yet. You know, it just doesn't feel right. You feel like you're sort of – you're not quite ready to... Well, speak for yourself, because you know there's a lot of people listening right now saying, no, it's not too early. Well, no, no, no. They're, trust me, analysts, you better be doing your homework, right. and, and you better be brushing up on all that college But even film. fans that don't care about anything <clears throat> but the NFL. No, and there there is a, a faction of fan, But there is a large gathering of fan who, you know, have a, a distinct disinterest in, you know, the draft prospects and all that, and they're really just interested in the game, and so this scratches that itch. Now, to argue that March is completely consumed by college basketball, I, I can make an argument against that because once you start thinning the herd down, once you get beyond the opening round of, uh, you know, when you have 60-plus teams competing – uh, the the games get fewer and further between. And now once you get to the championship games or the final four games, uh, things change. But there are open weekends even in the, in the month of March. And then go further into April? Look, there are complete dead weeks in the week of April. Uh, no, no, no. Hold on. Complete Let's, dead no, no, weeks. No, okay. Well, first of all, you don't, you don't, you're not a baseball guy. No, no, I am a baseball. No, guy. no, no. Well, then if you okay, the, let's let's when, let's when take it one step you at a go time. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, let's let's take this one step at a time. Let's talk about college basketball right now. By all accounts, and we all have teams that we follow, schools that we follow, but this is as anonymous a season as I can ever remember in college basketball. Right now, if you're just a casual fan, and I'm not talking about maybe the conference or the schools that you follow, can you give me? Five names of college basketball players this year. The the potential All-American team. If you say yes, you're most likely lying. Okay. <laughs> now, this time last year, we were all into Zion, obviously. They had this breakout star in college basketball. He was a huge star. He was the focus. He gave the face to the college basketball season. We do not have that. It doesn't mean there aren't good players because obviously there are. But there's no face of this college basketball season. So the question is, does this hurt the game of college basketball? In the immediate, the answer is yes, it does. I mean, there was an incredible game last night between Duke and North Carolina. I mean, it was, you know, it's crazy too because Duke is where they normally are. North Carolina has a losing record this year. In fact, after losing this game, I don't know how they lost this game. It was just one of those games. But it was one of those games that had it been, you know, number one Duke versus number two North Carolina. That's all we'd be talking about right now. 
because we know the magnitude of that rivalry. It rivals any sporting rivalry in any sport. But Duke's not a good team this year. So suddenly it, 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 it takes a back seat. But here's the thing about college basketball. No matter how bad it is now, no matter how non-topical college basketball has become this season, that all changes on March 15th because that's Selection Sunday. And that's when our entire country grabs a bracket. And here we go. We are ready for the brackets. We are ready for that NCAA tournament. And I've said many times, Rich, you know, there are certain days we talked about the aftermath of the Super Bowl. You know, should that be a national holiday? Right. Well, to me, the most obvious two days that should be off every single year are that first Thursday and Friday of the full-blown NCAA tournament. Because you know as well as I do, Rich, everyone's just sitting there with their brackets. Yeah, yeah, but hang on a second. Okay. Selection Sunday doesn't happen until March 15th Correct. How do we get from there? Okay. So so this is my point. Look, I, I understand. Can the XFL get enough momentum up until that point where people will continue on with it? You uh, yes, saw the yes. Alliance of American Football look, die. You, you, look, uh, here's the, the reason yeah. why I'm, the Alliance of American Football yeah. died is because they ran out of money. But That's the, not going to the ratings the went down. That's down, not going down, to down. No, no, no. You're they looking. Did. You're looking at this the wrong way. I am. Networks appreciate having anything to air. We're all aware of this. There's so many networks now. They're all looking for product. Well, they're looking and for so product. People are watching. If you have, and trust me, people are watching. They're watching on Big Fox today. I mean, this is everywhere today, and people are getting indoctrinated to this league. You're absolutely right. When the big network, pub- or I should say broadcasting, went away, and then you had more, you know, in the, the terms of the Alliance of American Football, you had more uh, CBS Sports, you know, the the sort of the, the fringe network of CBS picking up these games from that point moving forward. And actually, some of them were streamed. They weren't aired over traditional networks. Uh, the, the ratings obviously dropped. But these secondary networks were so, so happy to be broadcasting anything. To have a live sport entity that rated at all was fantastic for them. So the XFL is going to be on television. We know that. They have broadcasting agreements. It's going to be on the air. Now you're talking about the month of March. Half of the month of March is available for the XFL to exploit. And then through the tournament, there are going to be some open dates where the XFL is going to rate better. There is the NBA. Yeah. The, the NBA playoffs will be, you know, we're, we're counting down to the NBA playoffs We're counting down to the NBA playoffs in right. March. Are you out of your mind? So you're, you're ba- lying to okay, yourself. Okay, well, hold on a second. Okay, here. and then you, you get to You April. think there are going to be more eyeballs on the XFL between now and mid-March than anything else? No. No. What will pass it? I mean, as far as sports no, are concerned, look, is college be, basketball going to be... There are going to be specific college basketball games that will rate better all right, than what about XFL. What about they're spring training baseball? Specific XFL, or excuse me, specific NBA games that mm. rate better than the XFL. Of course. They're, look, these are bigger, more established leagues. What I'm saying is... So you think by the April, as we build uh, the momentum of a full 10-week season in the XFL, as we come to the playoffs, and unlike the Alliance of American Football, there will definitely be playoffs this year in the XFL, that there are going to be as many or more eyeballs by the end of the XFL season than what we're seeing in week one. No, no, no. There are going to be more eyes now. 
Because look, I, I I will I'll say this. But in that the idea that you want to to build the storyline over course of a season, yeah. so that you finish on a I, high note. I I think they're going to be more eyes now because it's new. I think once you get to the playoffs, there may be a a, a sudden boost. But you got to hold your audience. You're hoping to. You're not going to be able to. The attrition though. That is already foreseen. What you're hoping to do, honestly, if you're Vince McMahon, is just to make a dent. Hey, yoo-hoo, we're here. That's all you're trying to do. And again, fill voids in this sports calendar that we're well aware of. Look, the Masters take up uh, one weekend in April. Uh, March Madness, it takes up two weekends, three in March. And then it's over with. Okay, The, the championship game is played on a Monday in April and we're we're done with it the Saturday before with the 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 final four. Look, you you have space on the calendar if you're the XFL to find some open dates through the the end of March and then obviously into April to find sports viewers. And that's all they're trying to do is just to make themselves known. Now, how big does this get in in year two? They're going to have to market. Like you said earlier in the show, they're going to have to find a marketable star or two. That will help their brand. But all this is, is at this point, a placeholder. When you're not watching college basketball in March, when you're not watching the Masters in April, when you're not focusing on your team starting its season in April – Check us out over here at the XFL. All right, so here is the XFL playoff schedule. Go ahead. So the last week of the XFL 10-week regular season is April 12th. That's the last Sunday of the regular season. The following week, they'll have a number two East team versus the number one East team. Mm-hmm. So remember, there's only four teams in each division. So the top two teams in these will play on a Saturday, April 18th. And then the following day, the top two teams in the West will play. And then the Sunday after that is your XFL championship game on April 26th. By that time, we're already into a month of the Major League Baseball season. We're in the midst of the NBA and NHL playoffs by that time. It will be very interesting to see how we're holding up. We're into the NBA playoffs. Yeah, we are into the NBA playoffs. Yeah, the beginning, as we all know, of the NBA playoffs is is barely a playoff. Well, Um, not if you're an NBA fan. So, again, even NBA fans will tell you that NBA playoffs aren't worth turning on until you get to – uh, at least the second round. It's it's just it's it, there's well, the ratings. There's so, the ratings were pretty good for the NBA early. Remember, the, the, we no. were sitting there thinking like, who's watching this? No. And then we kept hearing no, no. We kept having reports and, and, that they, they were the playoff watching. ratings decrease every year. Look, Steve, I, I, it's bizarre that you're staging this argument. Look, the Masters. It's Sunday, the twelfth. I'm in just April. trying to get you to say here nationally, the Masters that are the, the XFL is going have, to be a huge opening, hit. You have opening day in May. Major League Baseball, March 26th. Look, it's just it's clever scheduling. You know what you have coming up at the end of April that all sports fans are, are so excited about because they've sloughed through a desert of no football as the NFL draft. So it's good timing. It's good timing to have your championship game playing on the, 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 the heels of right. the NFL draft. So you're saying right now, I just want to get you on the record. Sam, are you rolling on this right now? Oh, he's rolling on all everything. Right. I want you to roll on this right now. Then when we get to that championship game at the end of April of the XFL, we're going to have a, a familiarity with the teams. We're going to actually have no. a, a logical 
conversation building up to the no. XFL championship no. game no. that we'll be engaged no. We'll, we'll know the players at least. Not, something that maybe. we can do to talk so, about the XFL championship we'll, we'll game. We'll know some of them. Here, here's what or are it, we going to be as blind to it now <laughs> then as we are right now no, wait, where look, we're just looking at teams? You're, you're just... All you're trying to do is make a dent. Well, I mean, if you all if you're I, trying if to by do the is end make of the year, by the championship game, Steve, if we have no talking points Steve, leading up to the XFL championship will, un, game, un, undoubtedly we will. There's going to be there's going to be okay. Well, that's what I want. There's going to be a story or two that sticks out to okay, us. Okay, that's what I'm asking. Look, here's the deal, though. Is it going to rate extremely well? I I, I couldn't tell you for sure. Right. Is it going Is it going to beat? Some of these other traditional sports leagues, no. But what I will say is this: by the end of April, people will have and will have an awareness of the XFL. They okay. will have been talking about the XFL, and all they're looking for is that. Just, okay, now hey, that's that's what get, I want. Get to know. So us when a we're bit. sitting here in April. You and we have, and we're sitting here on the <laughs> day on. of, yeah. the day of you know the XFL championship game. This is what we're going to be. We're going to be breaking it down. No, 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 no. no. We're not going. We're going to be doing. Why, it why not? We're going to be talking about. We're talking about right now. Week we're going to say, look at what they've done in one in one season. They were able, first of all, to keep themselves financially solvent, which is something that the AAF could not do just a year ago. That's mm-hmm. one. Two. They got themselves broadcasted on major networks, and as a matter of fact, they'll cap the season that way. That's a win. And then the third thing we're going to say is, this is pretty good football, just like we said at the beginning of the season. Now we start turning the page to year two. What is year two going to look like? This okay. is all going that, to be forecasted. That's the biggest statement you made yet. At the end of year one, we're already talking about year two. That's what we'll be doing. You think so. All right. That's well, what we'll be doing. Right. We'll, and, and we'll have At questions. the end of year one, we're like, we can't wait for no, year no, two. No, 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 no. Yeah, again, okay. you're, you're, all we'll be well, saying no, no, no. is... When you say we're talking about it, that means what? you've created enough of buzz. an interest, a buzz, yes. so we're already excited might be extreme, but we're at least curious, curious about, about year week two. year two. There all you right. go. Okay, yeah. that's what I wanted to get. Yeah, all right, well, all right. Uh, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Last night, a sports legend showed up in a spot that no one thought he would ever be seen again. Was that a positive? We'll tell you who it is coming up next. Steve Harbin and Rich Ornberger. The Guardians up 23-3 right now. Huge. Looking to score more. Under 12 minutes to go against uh, Tampa Bay, the Vipers. There you go. All right. La- yesterday was an interesting day because something happened that many people thought would never happen again. And that was Bob Knight returning to an Indiana basketball game. It had been 20 years since he had been fired by Indiana. Remember, he uh, allegedly choked a player, maybe grabbed him by a neck. Yeah, there was uh, there was rumors of that. Uh, his uh, volume of misbehavior had been forgiven by that university for years and years and years because he was winning championships. When he stopped going to Final Fours, they found it convenient for him to uh, shove him out the door, which is what happened to Bob Knight. So I'm watching this yesterday, and I don't know. He doesn't look well, okay? Bob is now 
uh, pushing 80. There's been rumors that he might be suffering from dementia. I mean, this has been out there. I mean, he, he seemed not really steady out there. That aside, you have a student section that is screaming from the top of their lungs. How excited they are! Bob Knight's back! The guy that choked a player! The guy that was involved in so much inappropriate behavior over the years. Let's welcome him back. I always I always mention this. The idea of, you know, we, we talked about the Kobe Bryant situation and how people, certain people were bringing up the alleged rape in Colorado and how many people thought that that was wildly inappropriate. Well, that was an alleged situation that only two people will ever know the answer. One was Kobe. The other was the woman. What happened in that room? This stuff is different with Bob Knight because this is on full display. Okay, we have video evidence. We have everything else. So should a guy like Bob Knight, who did so much for the basketball program at Indiana. And by the way, the occasion was the reuniting of the 1980 team, which seemed weird because they won the national championship in 81 and 76 and 87. But it was the 1980 team, 40-year anniversary. Isaiah Thomas was there. Other members of the team were there. It was a Big Ten championship team, you know, but it wasn't a national championship team. But is it fair for someone like Bob Knight with his endless list of inappropriate behavior. Someone to be celebrated, even if the celebration is directed to winning championships many, many years ago at the university. Are you comfortable, uncomfortable with that? Would you be one that's saying, hey, students, sit down. Mm. This is not someone that we need to celebrate right now? Well, you know, you know what's funny about all this? And this isn't every single player to a man, but there is no group that that loves Bob Knight more than his former players. Yes. Uh, you know, he had a 20-year exile after a 29-year career. Uh, and And almost to a man every single one of these young players by the way as you're talking this was the choke one hand choke on his player neil reed right there yeah which is look if i were going to tell you that a college coach never never struck me i'd be lying to you has anyone ever grabbed you by the neck uh okay so i'll give you a couple of stories okay i'll give you a couple of stories so and I won't name names because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But an assistant coach with the Penn State football team one time after I jumped off sides at the goal line um, at Ohio State, I was I, I I the play was on two. I jumped off sides. I go on one. We end up getting pushed out of uh, scoring range. We had to settle for a field goal. We eventually lost that game. Uh, I go off to the sideline after this series. And I'm on the bike, and I'm just sort of trying to clear my head, like, you know, one of those stationary bikes. I'm just trying to clear my head. I'm like, oh, what a dummy I am, whatever. And I'm just thinking about the play a bunch. And one of the assistant coaches walked over to me, an open hand. I'll never forget this. He said, hey, Rich. And I looked up and with an open hand slapped the taste out of my mouth. I mean, hit me as hard as I've been hit in the face by a grown person in my life. Mm-hmm. My dad never hit me. It was shocking. It was shocking. And he looked me dead in the eye, and I'm on fire. I'm, I'm like, thinking I'm, I need to hit him back. And he goes, 
and he had this look of compassion in his eye. Mm-hmm. He had this, like it was bizarre because he hit, he struck me as hard as any grown man has ever hit me in my life outside of a football field, of course. But then he had this look, this soft look in his eye of, are you okay? And I, I was so confused by it that it calmed me down instantly. I'm like, and he goes, hey, are you all right? And I go, yeah. And he's like, good, keep your head in this one. He's like, we're going to be all right. And he walked away from me. I didn't see that look in Bob Knight's look. You want, but but hang on. Yeah. You want to know what what it did for me? Mm. It 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 for. I mean, okay. I know I know it was the point, but it took away the sting of screwing something up so egregiously on the field. It got it snapped me back to reality. I ended up having a great game. All right. There are these moments in your life where you're. I mean, I, as a pr- young professional, I had an assistant coach do chin ups on my face mask throw a football at my stomach, kick me in the butt as I bent over to and pick it okay? up. And that's okay? Look, I'm not saying it's okay. Here's the, here's the, here's on, the, the on, justification on, for Bob the time, Knight all these at years. At the time, yeah. at the time, all of that was more acceptable than it is now. All right, so Bob, Times change. Well, and sometimes, sometimes somebody's behavior patterns don't. And if you, if you go back to your upbringing, yes. how many kids in your neighborhood – got the belt when they acted out of line. Well, I didn't have to go to the belt. My dad and I uh, came to uh, near blows. Let's put it this way. Okay, but I'm saying- Did I find that acceptable behavior? No, no, no. In your neighborhood- No, I did not find it then, nor do I do it now. Look, I completely agree with you. I, I, my father. Am I celebrating Bob Knight and his boorish behavior because he graduated no, guys or no. players think that they stand by their guy or, you know, he's done a lot of things behind Look, the scenes that are nice? Does that somehow I'm not, excuse his boorish behavior? No, it doesn't. Look, I'm not excusing that behavior or condoning it as acceptable. I don't practice this in my own home. It wasn't practiced on me in my home. Like I said, my dad, my mom, nobody ever hit me. I, I, I will never hit my children. But I had coaches along the way that practiced this, right, that, that got physical with players, grabbed them by the back of their jerseys and, and shouted in their faces and were very demonstrative, intimidating. And it was an effective way to coach through a certain period of time. Times have changed. It's no longer acceptable, and maybe, maybe it never was. But there was a period of time where, in general, when you saw a player have the jersey grabbed by a coach and shouting in his face, you didn't, it, you didn't bat an eye at it because it was every coach on every floor. Now, Bob Knight, there is no arguing that he stepped far outside the lines of uh, civil practice at, at repeatedly th- and there's no question that he was still employing tactics r- later in his career that it was earlier in his career that went far and beyond the pale but but to argue its effectiveness right. I I look there again I'll go back to his former players to a man almost every single player will defend his coaching. All right, well, that's on them then, not on him. All right, uh, that's my opinion. All right, let's let's uh, let's bring on, uh, let's find out as we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, let's have uh, Mr. Trenny himself, David Gascon. What's are you Are you pro-Bob Knight or anti-Bob Knight? Well, I'll preface this by saying different strokes for different athletes. Like, Rich, when you played, were you a guy that needed positive reinforcement or did you like the negative critique from your coaches to get yourself back into it 
I, you know what? I, I like the mixture. I would say this, though. I didn't necessarily need to have my ego stroke. Tell yeah. me the truth. Did yeah. I stink? Did I play well? Let, let's have a level conversation about it. And, and you know what? And honestly, if I really stunk, I didn't mind having handed it to me a little bit because it, it was more impactful then. It yeah. just, I mean, the, look, but again, that was a preference of an athlete. There are ways to do that without yeah. being physical. No, I agree. Right? Uh, no, I, I, there are it, ways to do that without the, getting physical. There's, there's no question about it, Steve, but for those coaches who didn't have or didn't mm-hmm. demonstrate yeah. the, the capability of doing that, they were still effective How, how would you feel down the road if you saw a coach grab one of your sons by the neck? It's a different time, Steve. You would it's be, a different time. What would your answer be to that coach? I would, pro- I would do it away from my son, but I would pull the coach aside and be like, look, dude, we can't do that anymore. Yeah. That, I mean, those days are past us. Mm-hmm. Look, when we grew would up... Would you put your hand on his neck? What's, what, I was, was going to say, I Steve, love, I love, Sam, I'm sorry. Just this is, co- stop co- talking to the wow. ear. Just come over right. the air. Well, I know, but I just want to say that <laughs> yeah, I love, ahead, the, I'm sorry, I know it's your update, but <laughs> I love the fact that you would pull the coach aside and not shame him, but you said, we just can't do that as uh, adult men coaches anymore it, because he, he means well, probably. Us. But I like the fact that so many parents get so indignant and they get so defensive over their child. I like the fact if you brought him aside and say, hey, don't ever do that to my son again. You say, hey, we really can't do that anymore. Look, it, I played football. All right, let let, let, let yes. Mr. Gascon finish what he has to okay, do right now. Okay, yes. We, have, we get this on the other side. I don't know. We'll, we'll include Mr. Gascon in the conversation. Parroting 101 from, from all groups. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> XFL action, guys. On the fake pressure in his face and he completes it. Truesdale fumbled the football. is picked up. Yeah, ball game's on Fox. The New York Guardians lead the Tampa Bay Vipers 23-3. Ball game right now is in the fourth quarter. Aaron Murray 16-34 for 231 yards, a touchdown, but also a couple of INTs. Miwa, college basketball scene today. Number 25, Houston blasting Wichita State 61-32. Number 19, Butler lost at Marquette 76-57. NBA today, Celtics trailing at OKC, 53-46. No Kawhi Leonard today for the L.A. Clippers, and they take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Load management. Fellas, back to you. All right, very, very good. Uh, don't go anywhere, Mr. Gasco. Uh, Once again, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. And the only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it from my standpoint. Sure. I'm going to flip it. Okay, so I'm not a big fan of PC. I think, Rich, you know that very well. Yeah. You know, I, again, I'm from a different generation. But I think there are limits to everything. I mean, I'll put it this way. Things that are not acceptable now were never acceptable, okay? But other things, maybe the criticism is a little over the top in a, a vain attempt to be as PC as possible. So, are we going too far in the criticism? Like you say, if Bob Knight, if the reason the players stand by a guy like Bob Knight is, is that they felt that it was coming from a good place. It may have been misdirected in the moment, but a lot of times when you see him grabbing guys by the neck or grabbing guys on the bench, eventually it evolves into a face-to-face conversation where he's trying to reason with the player. I got your attention. Yeah. Now listen to what I have to say. 
And so many times, a lot of the players ultimately respected that. So, again, this is the, are we being too critical? I'll take the other side. Are we too critical now of any of these uh, attempts to mentor, direct, guide young athletes if it takes brief physical encounters? Should we be more accepting of that if the ultimate goal is to improve that person as a player, as an individual? See, I think that's where the line gets really hazy for me personally. Everybody's going to draw their own conclusions on this. I mean, there are certain things, you know, in the corporate space, Hollywood, everywhere, uh, the mistreatment of women uh, was diabolical. It was schemed. It was disgusting. It, it, it needed to go away before it did, and it needed to have more light shown on it before it did. And I'm glad that it's happening now in a lot of ways because it's unacceptable behavior and always was because there was never a positive outcome to withhold a job from a, a female employee unless certain services were catered to a person in professional hiring capacity is disgusting, reprehensible, and serves only one person. But in the case of, say, a coach trying to mentor a player, and on the outset, his goal is to accomplish things professionally for himself, no doubt, but also to help a young player play better, to achieve more, to overcome obstacles. There is a there there is a positive part of this. Like, you know, so again, not all means are justified. You know, not all ends justify the means to which they're met. But I will argue at that time when Bobby Knight was starting his coaching career, those means were accepted. And so as a retrospective, if we look back on his entirety of his career and judge him by the standards we have now, he's going to look like a supervillain. All right, let, let me get guessed. Well, we what, have to I take say life in context. He, Bob Knight also had a serious temper problem. It wasn't just practices from his day and age. It was also the fact that this guy got short with the media. Yes. He, he had problems with the administration. They got tired of him because of his temper. Well, exactly. And again, they tolerate it when he was winning championships. When he stopped winning championships, they found an excuse to get rid of him. Uh, is Gaskine? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so, I mean, why do guys like Greg Popovich, though, get a free pass? I mean, it's mm. not like he's just a, as bad as Bobby Knight, but right. when he the, the way that he treats the media is with contempt for the mm. most part. Right. Like outside of something tragic that happens or something unfortunate, he he loathes talking to the media. I understand that he's in the he's in the building, he's in the game mode, especially when a ball game's underway and it's you know the end of the first quarter or at the half or whatever it may be, but. I mean, the idea is that you're trying to grow the sport of the NBA into a worldwide uh, phenomenon, and obviously you want to grow the brand of the NBA itself, not just the San Antonio Spurs, but, I mean, he addresses the media just in a different form. Obviously, with Bobby Knight and his players, these are adults, man, 18 years of age and on up. So I agree with Rich. I agree with you. Like, once you reach that level, you know, any kind of harassment, any kind of looking down on, especially the physical level, but even verbally, I just – I, he gets a pass, and I don't know why. I mean, there's coaches around the league. Lou Pinella back in the day, too, right? I mean, there's certain yeah. guys that are just like that, but they get different. Uh, they get different exceptions to the rule. Well, he's a bully. I yeah. mean, that, that Bob Knight is a bully. I mean, in other words, he's trying to control the narrative, control the situation. He's trying to control everything. I'm in control. 
And if you're if you're going to challenge my control, I'm going to come after you with a vengeance. It's a it's an effective leadership style that has been employed by the U.S. military for years and years. What do you think boot camp is? And by the way, remember where you know, I mean, Bob like, Knight started his coaching career at the United States Military well, Academy. And 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 that is is an example mm-hmm. in the most dire settings, right? The most extreme of preparedness that you will need as a human being on our planet, protecting the freedoms of your fellow. Americans, they try to cast a die that is strong by testing your metal, by doing it from a physical standpoint with instructors who are harsh, with a, a mental abuse. Look, I, I, I understand that for a, a basketball game, maybe some of those bu- abuses are viewed as out of line in today's day. And I completely agree with that because no basketball game should be more important than the safety of our children. So I'm with it. But I'm saying back then, when Bobby Knight was this bully drill sergeant coach spawned from a generation where that was completely acceptable, he was judged in that context. And to revisit this with such ire is ridiculous to me. You know, it's always interesting to me when his most famous protege, Mike Krzyzewski, who played at the military academy under Bob Knight, every once in a while shows that Bob Knight. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Let it fly. Yeah, a little co- bit. He, Coach K, he's he's another control guy. Believe me, he's maybe not as over the top as Bob Knight. You don't want to mess with Coach K. He he, you know he he's a chip off the old block <laughs> in, in a slightly let, different don't, way. Don't let the suit and the side yeah, exactly. part fool you. Yeah, he, no, he no. saw him unleash hell on the student section. Did you see oh, that? Screaming at them? the Cameron crazy. Yeah, got I mean, a got a. He's earful. one of us. Talking it was a little Jeff misunderstanding. Cable, right? yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I got a um, I have a date on the calendar that if you're an NFL fan, you need to be concerned. All right. I have a date on the calendar. If you're an NFL fan, you need to be concerned about. We're going to tell you what it is coming up next. Steve Harbin and Rich Ormberger want to thank the guys today. I was Sam getting really involved in this. I tell you what, Iowa Sam, uh, I don't think Bob Knight wants to mess with Iowa Sam. No, no, no. I can see problems there for Bob Knight. I don't know, man. He could probably throw one at this age. He's a big big man, though. (laughs) I want to thank David Gascon, as always, for his uh, brilliance, his input, and everything else. I just bought a, uh, a ticket for Iowa Sam. I'm sending him back to Iowa to count up some votes. Wow. How about that? Challenging week for Iowa Sam. Iowa Sam, as you know, my sister has lived in Iowa longer than you've been alive. Ooh. So uh, she also has to answer to that mess that was. No question. <laughs> now we're on to New Hampshire. Dem- Democracy's uh, still alive. Now, how about Ryan jumping in today, producer? Ryan, was this, uh, again, a tough assignment sitting in with us today? Wow, I you can't know? believe the crowd. We, we do this in front of a studio audience, mm, and yeah. the crowd really lights up when Ryan gets to the mic. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It was, it was tough. I. I, I've been sweating a lot, but yeah. hey, we got through it. So Ryan, <laughs> as always, we appreciate everything you do for this show. Yeah, we really do. Course, and any time that you want to come back to the show, you are more than welcome. All right, I want to uh, circle a date. It's not an exact date, but it is a uh, a month and a year. That That's good enough, okay, right? fair enough. Yeah, sure. The month is March, and the year is 2021. By so then, that's, there's going to be flying cars. No, that's only 13 okay. months from now. Okay. Oh, right. So that's 13 months from now. We're in February 2020, March of 2021. Why am I signaling out that day for NFL fans? Because that is when the current collective bargaining agreement expires. 
So over the next 13 months, if an agreement is not reached between the owners and the NFL Players Association, if the current collective bargain agreement expires and there is not a new one in place. The XFL will be king. The XFL may be the only <laughs> professional football we have because the reality is is that the players are making it clear right now that if we do not get what we want out of the next collective bargaining agreement, you're going to have to find other players. And the owners are making it also clear that if we don't get what we want, we're, we're going to have, have a lockout. to find new owners. No, we're going to have a lockout. <laughs> Let me ask you this. We saw the NHL have an entire year. Oh, yeah. No play. Zero. It wasn't like baseball where they had half a season and no postseason. The, World Series, the yeah. NHL had a complete wipeout year from beginning to end. Check this out. Could the NFL survive no. in tw- in 2022 if there was no 2021? Well, it would look vastly different. Look, th- this is the golden goose right now. And I, I think, well, yes, there are demands on either side of the aisle here, uh, very similar to our political system. What the resolve is going to have to be at a certain point is, of course, we're better together. You know, you have these 32 owners representing the NFL. You have these 2,000-plus players representing the players' union. Uh, Nobody makes any money if there's no football. And football right now is generating such a massive amount of profit, revenue. And then aside from football, the marketing opportunities for many of these players are absurd. And they're only growing with the legalization of sports betting state to state. That federal uh, legislation that was passed is now allowing states to decide whether or not they want sports betting. This is only growing. There are only further marketing opportunities for these players. So for the union, for the owners, yes, I understand. The clock is ticking distant in the background right now, and it'll get louder and louder as March 2021 uh, looms closer. But they're going to get this done, and we're not going to miss any NFL. I'm confident of that. Well, the only way it's going to get done is if one side or the other concedes. Well, on both something. sides. Both sides will right, concede so on again, things. That's I wanna, how negotiations I want to get work. back to what I think. If I were heading up the players' union right now, it would be my number one priority, whether they believe it now or not, is health insurance for life. Baseball has that. Basketball. The NBA has that. And yet the most physically demanding sport does not. It makes no sense. It's bad. It's bad, and but, it's, uh, it's a but bad somehow the, the short-sighted members of the NFL Players Association see more hell bent on, you mean you could put some more money in my pocket right now? Look, revenue I mean, is important to be are, are shared deli- amongst current players. Are, are they no not doubt. aware of, of of what happens to you playing in the NFL long term? I look, why are why are NFL players so short sighted about this? I sympathize with players because they uh, they don't understand what's ahead, and they can be warned as much as they want to be. Well, or then much your as you then your leadership be. is not getting the point across. Oh, there's no question about that. I have many questions about our leadership. Uh, but as far as the union itself and the players that make up this union, they're young. It's the youngest union You were union playing in, in the NFL sports. when the last collective bargaining agreement was reached. I were vo- you fully I, aware of it? I voted on—of course I did. I was a union rep. I voted on who the executive director should be to lead our union. Was there anything that you were agreeing to that you weren't happy about at the time? Always. When you're, when you're agreeing to a CBA— 
a negotiation means both sides are left unhappy. And, and that, those are the best negotiations. So, yeah, there were concessions made on our side and the same in the ownership All right, side. so I think you should jump in right now and move everybody aside and say, I'm taking over because I know how to handle these owners. A mutiny. A mutiny on the – yeah, I that's like a, it. You like that? I think I'll do that. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.